Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Phony gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the K-I-R-P radio show. We are back another Sunday, folks. One more Sunday. We doing it again. We are the best. WMMG, home of the K-I-R-P radio show. And more shows to come for you folks out there who are avid listeners and supporters out there. I really appreciate all that you do as I'm sitting back on my birthday, but I'm on the air and I'm bringing up gifts for you all, and we have quite the show lined up for you all tonight, folks. As uh, as a lot of you should know already from the various blogs out there that we used, um, from the things on the website, maybe just from word of mouth or from ear to ear, phone to phone, even if it's from computer to computer, you guys know that we rock and we always keep it one thousand percent real, as this is the Keeping It Real with Pudgy radio show, and I'm your host, Pudgy. Tonight, folks, I got a special gift for you all, man. I, I got a 
I got a couple things going on and and you know, I, I feel special because, you know, we, we never had this well, I guess we've had this many guests on the show before, but we never had guests this indifferent. Um, but somewhat the same. All these guests that we're gonna have on the show tonight are are, are beautiful people. <laughs> needless to say. Um first we're gonna have on we're gonna have my girl Charlotte on and she's gonna bring also the the cutting your budget. She's gonna show you guys how to stretch your dollar always. Charlotte is definitely a regular. She always show us show you guys maximum love and she puts a lot into what she does. I mean she puts a lot of hours into what she does. So Charlotte's gonna drop through. She's gonna give you guys the, the you know the little money report. Show you guys how to save a couple dollars and you know cut some coupons and where you can cut some corners. So shout out to Charlotte, who will be on here in about 15 minutes. Also, we got financial guru. Guru. I'm talking about G-U-R-U. Guru. Financial guru, Algernon Cash, director manager over, I'm sorry, managing director over at uh, Wharton and Gladden in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. These guys are amazing. Go to algernoncash.com, A-L-G-E-N-O-N.com. This man and his company have done some beautiful things, folks. When I say beautiful, I, I can't even explain the things they've done in the community and the things that they continue to do in the community. So definitely check those guys out. We'll have Algernon on later, and he'll be dropping some bees on you guys, dropping a little bit of info. He's going to break down the U.S. debt crisis in plain English, all right, in regular plain English. English, because a lot of people, I mean, let's be frank, a lot of people think they know what's going on, and, you know, you see the Facebook posts, and people talking about the party this, and that party's that, and everybody's doing this, but in the meanwhile, folks aren't really reading and paying attention to what's really going down, what's really going on, so I thought that I would invite a professional at it, someone that could really tell you guys what's going on, and that is Algernon Cash. His bio, uh, part of his bio was up on uh, www.krpradioshow.com. Check his bio out. He's got some information on there, and he's going to give us a little bit more. And he's also going to, if you, if anybody is his friend on Facebook or, or anybody's familiar with his work, he, he uses a term called lock-in. Okay, so he's going to tell us what lock-in is about, where it came from, and what it means. And he's really just going to break it down for us and give us some good information. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. You can also catch him on the Tom Jordan Morning Show. Um, he's all on there with Renee Vaughn, I think her last name is. And, you know, man, this man is in a good space in life. So I, I feel like, you know, being a young black man, that he could drop some knowledge on us. Even if he was a young white man, he could drop knowledge on us. I don't care if he's Arabic, getting Arab money. A-ra-. Okay, anyway, but it doesn't matter who he is, man, or what he is. But all I can tell you is that the man has some knowledge to give, and he's willing to give it. So I invited him on the show, and he said he was glad to come on the show and lock in with us. So we're going to lock in with Algernon Cash lately and later. And also we have Sonny Johnson coming on with her full Negro dialect segment. You guys know Sonny, man. She's a superstar. She's a writer. She's an actor. She's a motivational speaker. This woman is – you know what? If, if you're a woman and you're trying to fit, find your lane maybe and – you don't know which way you want to go, but maybe there's some things that you want to do and you don't feel comfortable about doing it. Hit up Sonny Johnson, man, because she can motivate you. She motivates me all the time. She can motivate you into jumping into some of the things that you want to do, but you just don't know how to go about doing it. Sonny is one person. I thought I was the type of person who couldn't understand the word no and be done with it. I mean, you can tell me no a million times and I'll keep going. I'm not talking about some things. Let's let's not go there. But anyway, I'm talking about business type things or, or just things in life, just things in general, man. You know how sometimes you get a no 
and you just want to stop. You know, you feel so tired and you're like, man, I've been doing this and doing this and doing this and nothing's working out and et cetera, et cetera. Hit up Sonny Johnson on Twitter, at Sonny Johnson, or on Facebook. Hit her up. Ask her for a word of encouragement. And I guarantee you she'll drop something on you that make you feel a little bit better about where you're headed or about what you want to do. So Sonny's going to be on here later with her segment, Full Negro Dialect, a lot later. Um, also, we got Fred Newell from the, Constant- the North Carolina Constitution Party. He's actually the vice president of the North Carolina Constitution Party, and he's going to drop some knowledge on us and let us know what that's all about, fill us in about what's going on and about their state convention that they have coming up really, really soon. Um, we got some good information on the show, folks. We got a lot of things going on, and it's just a beautiful day because it's my birthday. That's right. It's my birthday. So I'm looking for you guys to call up. Give me the happy birthday, man. I got a million happy birthdays on the Facebook page. And, and, you know, a lot of people will probably say, and I'm one of those people who don't care what people think for the most part. You know what I mean? Except when it when it comes to, with, with my family. I feel a little different about that. But I don't care what you say and, and who you are and, and what space you are in life. And even some stars are this way. I won't call no names, but I know I know two people that are in the in the music industry that that look at this thing too but when you see all those happy birthdays man just shouting you out even if it's just a simple word happy birthday because they're on your friends list and they don't know you it makes you feel good i don't care what anybody says you might say it doesn't affect me but we are humans folks and we are creatures of habit and feel good moments come to all of us and, and a lot of the same things make us all feel good could you do without it? Probably. But in the meanwhile that you're getting it, it, it makes it feel good. I'm going to go to a couple of callers really quick um, since I see folks lined up here. And, and, and wow, the callers are really buzzing today. Normally, I don't get to a lot of calls, and I don't know that I will this afternoon, this evening, but we're going to do what we can. Going to the 919. Um, 921 is the last three digits. If you call, if you don't, you don't have the same thing. You're on the air with Pudgy. Who's this? Yeah, I'm on the air with Pudgy. Happy birthday. Hey, it's thank you. Thank you. I'm going through as Katrina Watkins today. Oh, what's that? <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just giving some birthday love as Katrina. How you doing? I'm good. I'm real good in here. I got a nice big old bottle of wine in here in the studio with me. All a lot right. of water. I'm feeling good. I had Pineapple. some sangria earlier celebrated for you. No doubt. I, I knew somebody was drinking out there for me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Of course, of course. You already started off the show giving me some smiles, so I can't wait to tune in and listen to the rest of it. But I had to get through and tell you happy birthday live, so that's what and it is. I appreciate that, too. And, you know, I, I listened to the show last week, man, and that was a great show, by the way. Um, I appreciate it. You know, yeah, that's going to be calling in later on his own, uh, but I just want to give you my own shout-out. See, that made me feel special right there. I'm smiling through the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Smiling through the mic, baby. Y'all hear that, Radio Land? I'm smiling through the mic, and I don't smile that much unless I'm posing for a picture. <laughs> and even then, sometimes. <laughs> you yeah, trying to mean then. mug. Exactly. It's all about the mean mug. <laughs> there you go. You going to rock with us through the duration of the show? We got a lot of guests coming oh. on here and a lot of good information, I believe. Absolutely. Last week, I was driving through D.C. with my windows down, and I had you playing through my Bluetooth, so I loved it. So, absolutely. I'm going to be with you all night. All right, check that out. And I got a bike, but we'll talk about that later. I'm hating. All right, well, happy birthday to that, too. All right, thanks for the birthday, love, Trina. Bye. All right, one love. Bye. 
So that was Katrina Watkins from Purely Poetic. She's got an advertisement on the show, and we always show those guys love Katrina and act right over there, Purely Poetic, out of D.C., holding us down for the KRP Radio Show, WMMG, home of the KRP Radio Show. And in just a few minutes, folks, we're going to bring Charlotte on, and she's going to tell you guys how to clip some coupons, how to save some money, some specials that are going on. She's going to tell you about the website, and I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let her tell you. But anyway, I appreciate you guys showing me birthday love out there, man. Keep the birthday love coming, even if it's just for a second. You can just call in and say, happy birthday, P. Cut it off, and you don't even have to say who you are. You can be anonymous today, man. We have anonymous folks call on the show. I don't know why. Maybe they don't want their boss to know that they listen to a show of this caliber or who knows what it is. But anyway, you listen to the KRP Radio Show. If you want to find us on Facebook, the address is facebook.com slash KIRP Radio Show. You can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm sorry, hit us up on Twitter, at symbol KRP Radio Show and at symbol NC Pudgy. Don't be surprised what I might say on there because I do speak my mind, folks. It is what it is. There are a lot of discussions going on. There are a lot of good things to talk about. Some things that I'm not going to bring up right now because that's going to be the topic of a show much later. But, uh, you know, that's where we are, man. You listen to WMMG, home of the KRP Radio Show. Remember Twitter, at symbol NC Pudgy, at symbol KRP Radio Show. You can also find us on YouTube and Facebook. This is what we do, folks. I appreciate you guys for showing me some love. Listening to WMMG, home of the KIRP radio show, baby. We are now 100,000 listeners strong, and it's all because of you. If you want more information about KIRP radio show, hit us up online. You can visit the website at www.kirpradioshow.com. 
www.kirpradioshow.com. Again, that's www.kirpradioshow.com. If, if you're logging online and you're on some social sites, make sure you hit us up and like our page on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash K-I-R-P radio show. Add yourself to the page. You can leave a comment. You can talk about the topics, and we'll try our best to get them all and read them off on the show. And if you're also on Twitter, send us a tweet at symbol K-I-R-P radio show, and you can hit up the host, and that's me, that's Pudgy, at symbol N-C Pudgy. Like I said, we are now over 100,000 listeners strong, and it's all because of you, baby. We started out November 28th, 2010 and now we're taking it through 2011 and beyond we are the k-i-r-p radio show and if you don't know what that stands for that's keeping it real with pudgy baby if you want more information about emailing or you want information about advertising or you want to know where we're going to be here and there hit us up k-i-r-p radio at gmail.com or wmmg 500 at gmail.com and someone will get back to you as soon as possible. Like I said, it's all because of you, baby. 100,000 listeners strong and we're going on from here. I appreciate you and one love. Welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show, WMMG's home of the KIRP Radio Show, and we are rocking it live on my birthday, 8-7-2011, folks, eventful show coming up, and right now, I'm going to go directly to the best person in the world, the most frugal person in the world, I'm just going to let her introduce herself, Charlotte, are you on the air? I am on the air, and happy birthday to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the birthday wishes. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you going to tell us how old you are? Um, You know, I tried to skip that part, Charlotte. Thank you very much. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm 32 today. You know, I'm 32. Even though my Facebook oh, says 60-something, I think, but I'm 32. So, folks, I don't look good for my age. You can hold those emails. <laughs> I'm not 60 years old. I don't know how anybody believe that anyway, but it is what it is. Charlotte, what you got for us today, love? Well, you know, we've been doing our series on how to coupon, and we are on our last and final segment. Um, this is week four. So we're going to be talking about organizing your coupons. So ah. probably not the most fun topic, but the most important, I think. So. Well, let's do it. You got the floor. All right, sounds good. Well, as you know, we've... Um, been discussing the fundamental basics of how to coupon. Um, this is our fourth week um, discussing, you know, the 101, the couponing 101, um, the how-tos, the nitty-gritty stuff. So the first week, um, if you haven't been following us, we talked about how to get items on a good deal. That was by buying an item on sale at its lowest possible price. And then matching that with a coupon to get um, your maximum savings. And then week two um, and week three, we talked about um, budgeting and how to, um, you know, get your coupons in order and how to shop with them. 
and um, this week we're going to talk about organizing. So um, even if you're not an organizational person, which I'm not by nature, <laughs> if you look at my house, it's you know, probably a mess with my kids, but um, it, you really need to find a way to get organized with your couponing. The reason I say that is, um, and I was actually having a conversation with my cousin today about this, but if you let your coupons go and you just pile them up or you stuff them in your purse or your bag or, you know, wherever you're going um, and you lose them and you can't find them, it becomes frustrating and you're losing out on money. I think of coupons as cash. <laughs> so if I lose one or if I can't find one, then I've just missed out on money. So I treat my coupons probably with the utmost care, which sounds crazy, but it saves me so much money that it's worth the effort. Um, so finding a method that works for you um, is key to your success with couponing. Um, I've tried several different methods, and it's okay if, you know, a method that I talk about doesn't work for you. Um, just move on and find something else that does, because everybody functions differently. You know, some people think with their left brain, some with the right. Um, so just find, you know, the method that works for you. When I first started out couponing, I used to um, file my coupons in, like, a shoebox. Um, so you don't have to spend a lot of money getting started. Um, and then I would just organize them in regular envelopes, mailing envelopes, by category. When I mean by category, um, I just mean dairy, refrigerated, frozen, meat, that kind of thing. You can make it as organized or um, less organized as you want to. It's however works for you. Um, and then I moved on from that because I started to get more and more coupons and they wouldn't all fit in a shoebox, as you can imagine. So um, I started organizing them in a binder. Um, if any of you go grocery shopping at all, you've probably seen the infamous binder with the baseball card slots. Um, and basically that scared me. <laughs> so I didn't want to do that extreme when I, you know, was switching over, so I just put my um, coupons whole in clear plastic sheet covers, and that way um, I could easily find them by date, meaning the date that I found them in the paper. That method worked for me, and if you go on our website, um, www.stretchingyourbudget.com, you'll see that I do what's called match-up. And by that, that means that I match up all the coupons available to the items that are on sale that week at the grocery store. Um, so, you know, when you're going through and trying to pull your coupons, it makes sense to organize them the way that I match them up. That was my theory. Um, and that method works well. But um, I didn't have all of my coupons with me at the store, which made it difficult whenever, you know, I found a sale or whatever, I was missing out on a year's savings. So I decided um, to do the baseball card binders. Yes, I gave in to the rest of the couponers out there. Um, it looks intimidating, but I can tell you right now that if you just stay on top of it, it's not as intimidating as it looks. Um, but having my coupons with me, um, you know, whenever I go to the store has made a world of difference. I've increased my savings, um, and I'm able to, you know, buy a lot more um, than I was for less. So, you know, if I'm at a clearance section, I'm able to stock up on things that I may have not had a coupon for before. Um, so I have them with me at all times. I chose to organize um, my binder very detailed. Um, 
So that made it easier for me when I was at the store. So that's why I say there's so many different methods, but you really need to find the method that works for you. Um, and that will be your success in couponing. So I know this sounds like a lot of mumbo-jumbo if you're, you haven't started out with your couponing, but I know, Pudgy, before we've talked about, um, you know, what do I do with all these coupons? Right. And so the key um, is now your homework for this week <laughs> is to find an organizational method for you. Okay. Um, if you haven't already, you need to start getting your coupons and organizing them. I, I like that, Charlotte. I think uh, maybe I need to get me a file cabinet because I got enough papers around here as it is. But um, I kind of clip coupons on the fly. Well, thanks to you, I'm, I'm clipping coupons in the, to start with. You know what I mean? Before I wasn't at uh-huh. all. I would even I would look at a few, but I, I wasn't really paying that much attention, um, like I should have. Right. Even though my wife bugged me lo- a long time ago, telling me, "Ah, here's some coupons," and I'd leave them home. But now. Because this is a weekly part of my life, it, I'm applying it, and it's it's paying off. So I like that. I, yeah, I mean, you really have to find a way to organize them because if you don't, you just get frustrated and give up, and that's not what we want to happen. <laughs> True. But you know what I found, Charlotte? Here's a, I got a stretch in your budget tip. How about that, everybody? I have uh, Puddy has a stretch on the website. That's right. I'm I'm you're gonna have to put me on there because I got a stretch in your budget tip for everybody. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Hey. Okay, even if the coupon is expired, sometimes they'll still take it. <laughs> How you like that? Now I didn't say that, folks. <laughs> How you like that? Yeah, y'all like my y'all like my um stretching your budget tip for the week. <laughs> but he's doing the unethical version of the class today. No, look, it happened. It happened by accident, though. It happened by accident. See, it's like different. you know how these certain fast food restaurants. You know, you walk in there yeah. and you have the coupon, and you don't really know they expire because it's so tiny. I know that's true. And you gave, and I gave it to her, and she said, "Well, look, it's expired, but we'll take it anyway." Ha! So I got my burger at well, a discount. Well, I have found you're right that fast food restaurants do accept expired coupons, but um, grocery stores sometimes. Here's the the break it down. The grocery stores, the registers are not smart, so they don't realize the date. Ah, <laughs> so yeah, because they have to scan them, right? Exactly. Got you. See, I didn't realize that. Okay, folks, so just take what I say with a grain of salt, but some places might just happen to uh, take their coupon if it's uh, a couple uh, years late. <laughs> a couple, <laughs> couple days late, man. A couple days late. Dang, Charlotte. Yeah, you're trying to get me in trouble. We can call you Honest Char. Not Honest Abe, but Honest Char. Charlotte, how's your week been? Let me ask you that real quick. It's, it's been very busy. My in-laws are actually in Alaska visiting my brother and sister-in-law who's active Ooh. duty in the Coast Guard. So we haven't had much help, which we're used to. So if they're listening tonight, please come home. <laughs> <laughs> you said your brother, they're visiting your brother-in-law? Yes, my husband's brother is Please um, give it. Can you give his name? If, if you don't mind, we, we always shout out servicemen on here. We try to hold the servicemen down. So please shout out his name, and yeah. we definitely give him a B.I.G. shout out from the show. Um, his name's Jeff Holder. Giving a B.I.G. shout out to my man Jeff Holder, holding it down in uh, Alaska. Yep, Kodiak, Alaska. Holding it down in cold Kodiak, Alaska. It's not cold right now, I guess. But anyway, holding it down it's in Kodiak. Oh, well, the, oh, that's good weather too. See, I'm I'm jealous now. But anyway, know, shout out to you, brother. <laughs> we appreciate you guys holding us down. All the servicemen out there, we always try to show them some love. I definitely, I'm a patriot, man. I appreciate 
everything that they do. Not a New England Patriot, folks, an American Patriot. I like the Panthers. <laughs> Charlotte, any shout-outs before you go? Um, I'd like to give a shout-out to my girlfriends. Um, we're hanging out tonight, so I just want to say thank you for letting me come away and do my segment real quick. So. Uh-huh. Shout out to my friends. <laughs> Shout out to all your friends out there, man. I appreciate them for holding me down, too. B.I.G. in my book, Charlotte, as usual, you always hold me down. What a very beautiful and warm-hearted person you are. I thank you from the top thank and the bottom you. of my heart, okay? Thank you so much. All right, you guys have a beautiful night. You too. Have a happy birthday. Thank you. So that's Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com, also from WMM, the WMMG family, always holding us down, man. And she really does a great job about taking care of money and trying to get coupon savings for us, among other savings that we can do. Make sure you log on to the website, stretchingyourbudget.com, or log on to KRP Radio Show and look for the link. But if you go to stretchingyourbudget.com, bottom right-hand corner, Charlotte spends a huge amount of time dedicating what she does to you guys and making sure that you guys are good with the money. I mean, that, that you're saving some of your dollars. So, you know, we got to give a big shout-out to her, man. She spends a lot of time on this, and her heart's in it, as you can tell. Um, there's not a lot of people who dedicate themselves to doing something for someone else, as well as herself. But, you know, for the most part, she does it for someone else. If there's anybody out there that runs a business or web host or, or anything of in the same category of, you know that it takes a lot of time to do things of that nature. So big shout-out to Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com. Got to go to a commercial, folks, just a second. And we're going to come right back. If you're online, make sure you hit us up, man. Hit us up. It's my birthday. You got to do it. www.krbradioshow.com. Also, facebook.com backslash krbradioshow. Hold us down, y'all. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com. The number one online music tournament.
you have a garage full of old junk? At least you think it's old junk. How about a storage that you've been paying the bill on for so long and you've just been moving stuff into and you're ready to get rid of it when you look at it all the time? Well, if you do, make sure you contact Faulkner's Antiques before you throw it away. Again, that's Faulkner's Antiques out of Burlington, North Carolina. Faulkner's will pay you top dollar for estates, sterling, old furniture, pottery, signs, old toys, and etc. Faulkner's Antiques, they specialize in some of the most prolific antiques in this part of eastern North Carolina or the USA. So make sure you contact Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. Again, that's Wayne Prophet. That's the man you want to talk to at Faulkner's Antiques, 336-214-6427. And if you get a hold of Wayne, guess what? He'll come to you free of charge. And if you can't get to him at that number, make sure you dial this other number. 336-675-4897. And don't forget, Wayne Prophet at Faulkner's Antiques says, don't forget the reason for the season. Welcome back to WMMG, home of the KIRP radio show. Folks, I appreciate you guys coming on. You know what? I had to change my mentality because I'm I'm, I'm getting hip to the game. I got to understand what's really going on. I appreciate you guys locking in with me, folks. See, what you guys do every week, you're locking in with me. And I appreciate you guys for locking in with me every week, always showing me love. Always coming on the KRP radio show and making me the number one or making us. I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry. I got to tell my folks I'm sorry over there. I get, I'm getting a little selfish because today's my birthday. But thank you for making us the number one conservative, black conservative talk radio show in the Carolinas. Right now, with no further ado, and I won't do another introduction because I'm sure you guys are tired of me doing introductions for this man. So I'm going to let him speak for himself. Right now on the line, I got with me Brother Algernon Cash. Brother Cash, are you on the line, sir? I'm right here, Pudgy. What's going on, man? Hey, man, I appreciate you. Oh, my God. You don't know how much I appreciate you coming on this show and sharing some of your knowledge with us, brother. No, we appreciate what you're doing out here, man. I mean, if, you know, it, it, it takes people like you, leaders in the community, to be willing to, to, to take out the time. And, and it's your birthday. On top of that, man, you got a lot of things you could be doing on this Sunday night. You could be out partying, but you sharing information with the public, and that's that's real cool. This, this is the definitely the thing that matters right here, man. So, I, you know, this is my party right here, the KRP Radio Show. You're invited, you know what I mean? So right now you're entertaining on the show. And, uh, Brother Algernon, man, let me just jump right into it, man. Uh, There's been a lot going on with the U.S. financial crisis that, you know, throughout the whole year, throughout last year, it dates back pre-President Obama. And there's some things that's going on that people just don't have clarity of. Um, one being the debt crisis and the deal that was just constructed. Can you shine some light on that, if you don't mind? Yeah, I mean, you hit on it real good, Pudgy. I mean, uh, the the whole issue with the, the, the rising public debt and 
obviously the IPOF and deficits that we're running right now in our country, I mean, it, it certainly dates back, predates back to Obama, even predates, honestly, predates George Bush, man. I mean, yeah. a lot of people don't recognize that even within the Clinton administration, Clinton expanded the budget deficit by around 2 to $3 trillion. So, I mean, it, it's it's something that certainly predates Obama, but it, it's it's really taken center stage recently. And I, I think when you look at where our national federal budget deficits are hitting now, somewhere around $1.5 trillion, and, I, and, I, and Pudgy, to sort of put this in context for you, keep in mind, I mean, our current deficit's running around $1.5 trillion. After World War II, the total outstanding national debt was only $2 trillion. So, so right now we're running deficits that are almost equal to what our total outstanding debt was after the Second World War. So it, it, it's really casted the whole issue to center stage, and, and rightfully so, because we really haven't had an honest debate about the public debt since the early 90s when, yeah. when Ross Perot put it on center stage. Yeah, and, and, and that's something that was shown upon because the money that Ross Perot had made. <laughs> so a lot of people yeah. wasn't giving him the credibility. I mean, you know, let, you know, we can call it what it is, man. And, um, you know, I was talking to someone today, and I said, you know, folks, are we're hypocrites in our own right, but we're hypocrites because, you know, folks buy lotto tickets all day long, but in the same breath hate a millionaire while scratching that scratch off. I don't understand that. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's, you know, America's a, an interesting um, country in the sense that I, I, I like to highlight to people that we have an incredible, what I call transient economy. There, there, there's there's really no other place on earth um, where you could be born, you know, with nothing. You could be born in the, the dirt, and you can actually retire or, or you know, earn everything. And, and so mm-hmm. there's no other country on earth where that's really possible. And it and it's funny, Pudgy, because what it does here in our country is that even people that a lot of times what you have is even people that may not be doing so well, they still maintain that hope that they could do very well just because they live in America. And and I think what's really messing with the psychology of a lot of people right now when we you know as we're having this debate over deficits and debt and the recent downgrade to the U.S. credit rating, the the real thing that's impacting people's psychology is that for the first time in a very long time. Americans are actually getting worried. They're actually worrying that they might not be doing better tomorrow than they're doing today. Uh-huh. And and so, it, again, it, it's really casted this whole debate center stage, and, it, and it's got a lot of people that normally wouldn't focus on the American debt situation. All of a sudden, they're, they're really trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, I'm certain your listeners, um, for some of your listeners, maybe you know a year or two ago, they, they, they weren't even aware of the situation with the American, you know, with the public debt in America, but now all of a sudden everyone's very much aware, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's that, that is, that's a great thing. I said, um, I said to a few people before speaking somewhere that I thought, you know, by President Obama becoming a president, for good or bad, one thing came out of it that people became more aware, more socially aware, and definitely more fiscally aware. So, I mean, this is where we are today. But let, let me ask you another question, brother. In in where did all this come from? Because a, a lot of folks don't really understand how we got in this situation. And uh, shine some light on that. And, and also, once you do that, um, kind of explain to us in, in the best plain English that you can what was done when the last deal was constructed with the House and the Senate. Yeah, you know, it, it's that, that's both those questions are very good. I mean, in terms of where has all this come from, and it, it, a lot of people are scratching their head and wondering where where have all these massive deficits and all the public debt really came from. 
I mean, obviously, you, you can go back to the Bush administration, and there were certain measures and bills that were passed under the Bush administration. You know, obviously, the prescription drug benefit was something that was passed and, and never paid for. Um, Sarbanes-Oxley was, was big business regulation that was passed under the Bush administration, never paid for. Um, we, we did have two tax cuts during the Bush administration, never paid for. We obviously went into wars, and we never paid for that as well. So, I mean, it, you, you had mounting deficits during the Bush administration that obviously brought our public debt to somewhere around close to $11 trillion. And, and you know, he did that under an, an eight years in office. Now, you know, Obama has come into office, you know, since 2009, and, and in just a matter of just a couple of years, He's exploded the public debt from around $11 trillion to now we're at about $14.5 trillion. So, you know, he's added on to the, to the public debt um, in the matter of a couple of years, about the same amount of debt that Bush added in, in about eight years. Now, politically, people love to make that argument. They love to, to say, hey, you know, th this guy's a big government <laughs> spender, and he's, he's really racked up the debt here. But, yeah. but re the reality, Pudgy, and I, I've got to break this down for you, it, it, it's not as much about domestic spending as is, you know, the, the real culprit in this situation is the fact that here in our in our country, our economy has has really not been performing as well as it was performing before, and it, and it's really hit our government tax receipts and caused our deficits to expand. So when you when you look at that 1.5 trillion dollar deficit that we're running on an annual basis, mm -hmm. about a third of that pudgy is being driven by just less economic growth, which is causing tax receipts to go down, and you start running pretty big deficits, and it adds to your public debt very quickly. Another third of that deficit that you're looking at is also related to just higher borrowing costs. When you're, <clears throat> As your public debt rises, you're going to be paying more interest costs. So right now we're paying somewhere around $250 billion annually just in, just in borrowing costs for the, for the nation's debt. So when you, when you combine... Rising borrowing costs with a uh, fledging economy that's not generating a lot of tax receipts, you start getting some pretty big deficits, and all of a sudden your your, your public debt's going to get out of control, and that's that's definitely what's occurred in the last two to three years. And the yeah. the recent deal that just passed Congress, re really pudgy, is is more you know, and I hate to sort of piggyback on some of the political rhetoric, but it, it's very true. It's really just a down payment on a fiscal consolidation plan to get our deficits and our debt back in order. It, it, it's, you know, the, the $2.4 trillion cut in spending over the next 10 years is, is really, it really falls short of what we need to be trying to cut in order to get our fiscal house back in order. In reality, Pudgy, we've got to clean up somewhere around 10 or $11 trillion over the next 10 years, and the deal that just recently passed was more of a down payment on that. And, and you can also see from the uh, recent downgrade by the S&P to the U.S. credit rating yeah. that, that down payment, as perceived by most experts, perhaps it wasn't quite a, you know, the down payment wasn't quite large enough. It's, it seems like to me that, I, I mean, just applying this to, to my common sense now, my common sense, won't we be in a much greater debt after this down payment is done if we don't clean that $10 trillion up? You're, you're exactly right. I mean, based on based on our estimates right now, I mean, if, if, if you look at 
what could occur in this country over the next 10 years going out to 2021, we, we could see a debt-to-GDP ratio that certainly exceeds 100%. Now, we, we haven't exceeded debt-to-GDP ratio of 100% since after World War II when our debt-to-GDP was around 120%. So you're, you're exactly right. I mean, the, the $2.4 trillion cut is, is it, you know falls far short of what we actually need. And the, the other issue, too, Pudgy, that your listeners have to understand is that in our country, and, and not only in our country, but in a lot of our states, we use something called baseline budgeting. And baseline budgeting is something that says, okay, we're going to assume that the spending on our domestic programs basically goes unchanged year after year except for adjustments and in inflation. So that, that $2.4 trillion cut that you just heard about in the recent debt limit deal that's really a cut based on future spending. It, it, it does. That's not a cut to actual current spending. And so, you know, the other the other issue that we're that we're that we've got to realize in this country is that we've got to get away from baseline budgeting and get back to zero based budgeting. That that assumes that all domestic programs are basically back on the block and need to be readjusted and recalibrated year after year so that we can get our spending in order. Man, it, it seems like we're we're doomed almost. I mean, that that you know what? Oh, no, a, I don't want to send that message on a Sunday night. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what, man? I I don't think that's your message, but you know, just just me in my mind, I I know that something big bigger has to happen, and and this prompts my next question, and and I know a lot of people don't like it, and I scream it sometimes, but Algernon, it, isn't it pretty much apparent that? You know they're going to have to start tapping on some things that we don't care to be tapped on. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of people that hate to hear that, and, and that's that's the discussion that I believe our congressional leaders are having such a tough time with up in Washington. I mean, the reality is, and I, I just wrote it. I just released an article today, actually. You, you know, on Friday. The S&P downgraded the U.S. credit rating, and, and I actually just analyzed their statement from that downgrade uh-huh. and released an article actually earlier today on it. You can go to algernoncash.com and check that out. But but in that article, Pudgy, I make the argument that the downgrade to the U.S. credit rating wasn't about whether or not we can get our fiscal house in order. It wasn't about whether or not we can repay our debts. It's unquestionable that America has more than enough cash to pay the debt service that we sure. you know that we amount on it on a monthly basis which is around 20 billion dollars the 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 downgrade pudgy was more about a leadership deficit and not a fiscal deficit because right now in Washington we have a leadership deficit our elected leaders are not wanting to tackle the tough conversations like the one you just brought up whether or not are, are we going to have to get rid of some entitlement programs or or do a major overhaul to some of these entitlement programs if we want to get our fiscal house in order, and the answer to that question is a resounding yes. I mean, when you look at when you look at the fact that 60 percent, somewhere around 60 percent of the U.S. budget is Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security, I, I mean, it, it's quite evident that these programs and the growth in these programs are are certainly crowding out other elements of the budget. And if we want to continue to meet the promises that we've made to retirees, to the poor, and and to others in our country, we're going to have to reform these programs to make sure that they, they continue to operate and, and work the way that they're supposed to in the future. Now, 
Social Security, believe it or not, there's a large argument out there that Social Security is currently broke. That's not really true. Social Security, Social Security actually runs surpluses right now. But there is becoming a time as we, as, as this baby boomer generation grows, there's becoming a time where Social Security will start to run deficits. We have right. to be able to fix that program. Medicare and Medicaid, the budgets are just blowing out of the water right now. I mean, and we have to be able to fix those programs. I mean, with Medicare, we're, I mean, and a lot of people don't want to talk about this, but we're going to have to look at raising the, the, the uh, you know, the, the eligibility age, or we may have to start looking at means testing the program so that rich guys like Warren Buffett don't qualify for Medicare. <laughs> and, and with Medicaid, we're certainly going to have to look at overhauling that program when you consider that less than 50% of family physicians even accept Medicaid because it allows the reimbursement rates. But yeah. then you consider the fact with this new Obamacare legislation that's coming through the through the pipes over the next couple of years, add 16 million people to Medicaid when you already have less than 50% of physicians accepting Medicaid. So you 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 hit on a real you hit on a, you hit on a real hot topic, Pudgy, because this select committee, this debt deal that was just passed, creates a select committee that's going to have to make some recommendations to Congress by de, by by Thanksgiving and actually approve those recommendations by Christmas. And this select committee is going to have to tackle the tough job of reforming our entitlement programs if we want to get our fiscal house back in order and if we want to tackle that 10 to $11 trillion debt problem that I just shared with you. Wow. Well, hey, I got I, 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 let me get back to you. I got a caller who wants to, want to get online with you on the line. Um, caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, how are you, Velvet? I'm I'm doing fine. Thank you. Happy birthday, Fudgy. Thank you. Um, I have a question for Mr. Cash. Uh, I have been reading where they may, S&P may also do another downgrade in a couple of months, and I just wanted to know what's the severity of that. I mean, this, this first downgrade is severe enough, but what's the difference between if we go down, if we go down, uh, you know, another level? Well, well right has, now, I mean, and, and based on all the statements that I've read from S and P up up until this point, it looks like the only downgrade that we've that that's been affected is our long term credit outlook. So they they've downgraded that from a triple A to a double A plus. Now double A plus sounds pretty good, but in reality, it's less than triple A. Now the but, the caller is actually hitting on another issue. The 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 S and P did not touch the short term credit rating of the United States. They left that at AAA. Mm -hmm. If they were to adjust that downward, which is some of what they've talked about, if they were to adjust that downward, what would happen is it would actually start to affect short term Treasury securities. That effect of short term Treasury securities could spread into the money markets. And if it was, if that contagion was to spread into the money markets, it really could create a situation where short term borrowing becomes next to impossible or at least drives up the borrowing calls for short-term borrowing. Or worse yet, what could happen is in our short-term borrowing markets, what happens is investors and lenders will a lot of times, they will put up collateral such as short-term treasury securities. And if those short-term treasury securities were to lose value because of a markdown in the short-term credit rating of, of, of the U.S., then those investors may have to put up more collateral which could create a broad-based market sell-off that was similar to what we saw in September 2008 with the Lehman Brothers crash. Wow. So, so those are some of the things that we're concerned about. Obviously, 
an impact to the short-term credit rating of the United States would have a severe impact on our money market funds. Right now, and I talk about in the article that I released today, right now we're not, we're not facing that particular crisis and we're not facing that issue. The only thing they've touched is the um, long-term credit outlook of the United States. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you for the phone call. Thanks for calling in, too, Velvet. We appreciate you listening and supporting us. Hey, hey, Alden, here's something that I just wanted to throw out to you, man. And, And, you know, I look at all the things that are going on with us financially and the things that went on with the banking crisis just a couple of years ago, and, and it gets me to wondering, you know, I look at and yeah, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, so bear with me. But you know, <laughs> some sometimes, you know, sometimes it's, it's all in the mix, man, and, and sometimes it really comes out to be, you know, what we think it is. But I, I look at folks who make money on the downfall of of uh, money systems. We'll say, you know, I won't say countries. We'll say money systems. Um, sure. With all this stuff going on, is it is it really quite possible? Because we've been seeing our dollar value deflate over the over the years and much faster over the last six years. But is it quite possible that we will see a a, a more uh, deflate of our dollar value in in the next couple of years, especially with the HB thirty two hundred coming into play? You know, Pudgy, that that's a that's a really good question. I mean, obviously. Um, you know, knowing the direction of the valuation of our currency, if, if if I knew that with certainty, I I probably wouldn't be on the phone with you tonight. I'd be getting ready to go, to go up, get ready to make a lot of money in the morning. Um, so you know, it, it's very hard to tackle that question and, and give you an honest answer whether or sure. not I, I I think that um, you know what the future outlook on our, our currency is. But but obviously, I, I can say this: if we fail to get our deficits in order if we fail to to bring down the public debt if we fail to send the signal to investors and lenders that we that we can get our fiscal house in order then you know our currency and the value of the dollar is certainly going to suffer now I, I i will say this i mean it, it it's it's very hard for america to go through what we're going through and and, and not come out okay and and the reason why i say that is because you know the the dollar is still considered a safe haven in this in the world and, and yeah. we saw we saw that in 2008 when the when the crisis got pretty bad everybody flocked to dollars and what happened was that the valuation of the dollar from 08 to 09 actually improved dramatically mm-hmm. and but what we've seen in the last 2 years has been the valuation of the dollar falling as some of those people have been moving their do- their money out of dollars as the as other elements or other components of the market has healed, they've pulled out of dollars and went back into other assets, and so the the value of the dollar has trended down because of that. So, it, 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 you know, again, I don't I don't see any other currency supplanting the dollar anytime soon mm-hmm. as the world's reserve currency. You know, about ten years ago, there were some arguments that the euro could supplant the dollar. Well, when you look at what's going on with the pigs, Portugal, yes, Ireland, Italy, Greece, Spain, when you look at what's happening right now in those countries, I don't believe that the dollar is going to be threatened from the euro anytime soon. Right. And, you know, when you look at what's, you know, and then other people argue that the, you know, that the Chinese yuan could end up supplanting the dollar. But when you look at that country and the rampant inflation and the <laughs> lack of regulation and then also just the, the rampant fraud over in, in, in countries like China, yeah. I don't see the yuan supplanting the dollar in any time in the near future. So 
right now there's just not a lot of competition for the dollar out there. And then when you look at the U.S. Treasury market, it's a $9.8 trillion market. We've got a very liquid and very deep debt market. No other country in the, the world has a deep market like the Treasury market. So, I, so again, in terms of you know foreign countries wanting to go to other reserves, I just don't see that happening anytime soon. I mean, even when you look at other AAA-rated countries like Australia mm-hmm. and Canada, where their markets are only basically several hundred billion dollars compared to $9.8 trillion, <laughs> I, I, there's just not there's not enough space for those those debt markets to supplant the treasury market. So so right now, Pudgy, I, I'd have to say, in spite of some of the issues and challenges that we're going through, in spite of the recent downgrade by S and P, I still think that America is the you know the, the country to bet on. Top and, dog, and, baby. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know the one thing I would say too, because it does seem like you know if, if you're listening tonight, it seemed like maybe. I'm pretty pessimistic on America, but I'm I'm really not. I mean, we we are facing some big challenges, sure. but it's the same challenges we faced coming out of the 70s going into the 80s when they said that Japan was going to take over America and we all better learn Japanese. But then this country went on to create 45 million jobs over that 20-year period. Um I mean, we we've just faced some really dark times in this country, but one of the things that you you can't do away with in America is the human spirit it's our ability to be creative and to be innovative, to be calculated risk takers, mm-hmm. and just our entrepreneurial spirit in this country. I, I believe those things and those elements and those natural principles will overcome all of the challenges that we're currently facing. And I believe America is still has its best days ahead. Well, I'm I'm optimistic with you, brother. I'm very optimistic with you, and and I'm glad you said that because that brought, that brought me to one more question. I was going to ask you, and, and totally off the cuff, but how, and, and only because I know your background, okay, and, and a lot of people don't, and, you know, I, I look at the Facebooks and the Twitters and other blogs and, and sometimes my emails, and people are very, you know, they just don't believe in a dream, it seems like, anymore. You know, folks don't believe that you can work harder and make it where you make it. So my question is to you, how realistic is an American dream to you, Algernon? Oh man, that 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 is that is beyond realistic. I mean, I, I I think that again, piggybacking on what I made the comment I made earlier, it, you know, in no other country on earth can you be can you can you come into existence with nothing. I mean, I started out with nothing. I grew up in a little shotgun house in East East Winston Salem, you know, surrounded by prostitutes and dr- and drug dealers. I mean, that's that's what I grew up in. I grew up in a terrible neighborhood but but there's no other country on earth where you can start out that way and and literally through your own hard work through your own personal responsibility through your own independence and your freedom to make choices there's no other country on earth where you where you can you can die with everything and and so you know it it, it's amazing i mean I, i i actually i've got a student that i mentor that's from nigeria i'm a part of a mentor program with the university here in Winston-Salem, and I mentor a student from Nigeria that, that's here studying to get his MBA, and we've had remarkable discussions about his, you know, about some of the things that go on in his country, and just how how, you know, just how good we have it in this country. I mean, Pudgy, oh, yeah. think about it. No other country on earth where you could be considered to be living in poverty, but yet you probably still have a microwave, yeah. cable TV. <laughs> 
one one cell phone. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, so even 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 the people that live in poverty here in our country, you know, so-called poverty, is is really still living ten times better, fifty times better than some of these other countries, whether it be Africa and India, China, Southeast Asia, and so forth. So. You know, we we we've got it really good here in this country. I think sometimes we we lose touch of that pudgy. And one of the things that's going on right now, um, you know, the thing that concerns me most about our country right now, and about our economy, it, it you know, it concerns me even more than the public debt. It concerns me even more than the fragile economy. It concerns me even more than our than our banking sector right now. The thing that concerns me is the deteriorating psychology of Americans right now. Amen. And, and that. That, Pudgy, is the scariest thing facing this country right now because for the first time in a very long time, a lot of Americans are are hopeless, and they feel as if tomorrow will not be better than it was today. And if anything scares me about what's going on in in our country right now, it's not the deficits, it's not the debt, it's not the downgrades, it's not the consumer sales and the latest, greatest report from Wall Street. It's the psyche of the American people and how do we restore that same hope, that same drive, that the same persistence to never get up, give up, to never fail, and to always be on top? How do we restore that? That's what I'm concerned about, Pudgy. Wow, and and that that's almost I agree with you, man. Because I, I thought, you know, once upon a time things like that it wasn't so visible, and now it's almost you know without even speaking to to people you can you can almost feel it, Algernon. So, man, my heart goes out to you on that one because I I agree. I agree, man. And you see it, and now you see it, and you hear it more often than you ever heard it before. And and that is a scary thing, man, because it it leads to some some roads with no ends. It it does. You know, I talk to clients all the time that are just very worried and very concerned. And what happens, Pudgy, is that they make decisions based on that. And so when you're concerned, you don't want to invest. When you're yeah. concerned, you don't want to consume. When you're concerned, you don't want to start a new company. I mean, and so that that's what we've got to figure out. And that, and that's why I say, Pudgy, the real issue in Washington right now, it's not about the fiscal deficits. It's about the leadership deficit. We've got to get our elected leaders to stand up, to remember service above self, and, and to start leading this nation again and reminding ordinary Americans about how great of a country we are and that we have this uncanny ability to overcome challenges and and to achieve our goals. And and Pudgy, again, I want to commend you because on you know, on a Sunday night when you could be out doing a number of other things, a thousand and one things, you're bringing this show to listeners, you're bringing this show to people that's craving the information. And that's what we need right now. We we need a nation that's willing to lock in, focus on their goals, focus on their vision, focus on their values discover the purpose that they're here for, and make a contribution. So, again, I, I just thank you, Pudgy, for making the contribution and doing what you're doing every Sunday night. Well, man, I, I really appreciate it, Algernon. And, and, you know, like I said, man, this is what really matters, you know. This is where God leads my heart to be, and, and this is what I think is needed. Um, you know, on that note, I, I know we're over on time, but I, I did want to ask you about the term lock-in. Um, a, a lot of people have been asking me, where did I get the lock-in from? Where did I get the lot in? And I've been saying, hey, man, that was a non-cash. That's where I got it from, well, baby. Well, you know, um, I, again, got another shameless plug. Go check out algernoncash.com. There's an article I wrote back in 2010 called I'm So Locked In. And, and the whole concept of locking in, Pudgy, 
it, it's it's just about really, you know, all of us have a dream. All of us have a goal that we want to achieve. All of us want to be successful. Yeah. And the definition of success can really mean so many different things to different people. I mean, Pudgy, if you had Donald Trump on the air right now and you asked Donald to tell you the definition of success, he might tell you it's building big buildings, making lots of money, doing television shows. That's his definition of success. But if you had Dr. Martin Luther King on the air right now and you asked him what his definition of success is, it might be promoting civil rights, um, protecting human freedom, and and things of of that nature. And Mm -hmm. neither one of them would be right. Neither one of them would be wrong because your definition of success is whatever your definition is. But Mm -hmm. my argument is this. It is impossible to be successful in the world if you can't first achieve some level of success with yourself. And so I advocate to people, if you want to be successful in the world, if you want to change the world, you got to first lock in on self, you got to master self, you got to achieve success with self, and you got to change yourself before you begin to change the world around you. So the whole concept of locking in is locking in on self, ignoring all distractions. And when I say ignore all distractions, I mean some people, because some people are actually distractions. Absolutely. Everybody doesn't want you to be happy. Everybody doesn't want you to be successful. Everybody yeah. doesn't want you to achieve something. And so sometimes you got to ignore some of those people, and you got to lock in on what you're trying to do. you got to lock in on what your vision is. you got to lock in on the values that are important to you, and you got to lock in on your purpose in this world because Pudgy needs you to, to, to discover your purpose. I need you to discover your purpose. The world around you, or the world around you, needs you to be in lo- be locked in with your purpose, and so that that's the whole concept of locking in. And Pudgy, I'm, I'm telling you, people think I'm crazy. I'm I'm trying to start a movement, man. I'm I'm trying to get the whole country, not just the whole country. I'm trying to get the whole world to lock in, man. <laughs> well, you know what, brother? I'm locked in. Everybody that's on the KRP radio show is locked in, and I don't think you're crazy, brother. I definitely don't think you're crazy because uh, you've accomplished some some crazy things, and I've done some crazy things too, so I know it's all possible, brother. I definitely know it's all possible, and I believe in you. Well, hey, Pudge, i got to go ahead and prep this before you let me go, man. I, you, you know, you said something about getting together and going back to East Winston and, and looking at where I grew up at, and I, I hadn't forgot about that, man. I really want to put that documentary together with you, man. I, I think a lot of people out there – really need to see that, you know, I'm not special, that I don't have some gift or some special talent that you don't have. Everybody out there got what I've got. You just got to lock in and find it. Well, I, I'm hey, man, I'm, I'm still working on that. It actually got a little bigger, and <laughs> it got a little bigger than what I expected. It, it started out as just a small piece, and uh, it kind of grew. And um, you know, I'm glad you're still interested in it, and, and I'm definitely still interested in it. We'll get together off the line sometime. I'll come up to the Piedmont Club, or I'll come up to your office, and we'll just sit down and chop it up and plan it one day, and I'll try to get with the film crew and see what we can do. That sounds good, man. Okay, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Any shout-outs before you go? I ask everybody. Yeah, well, you know, one, I, again, I got I to gotta do the shameless plug only because I just want to make sure people access the information. Please make sure you go check out com. Um, it's about 80 articles on that website about a lot of different things, financial literacy, economic literacy, politics, all types of things. Um, I've got about 50 videos on YouTube on, on a whole variety of topics. As Pudgy know, I'm on Facebook. 
I'm on Twitter, and, and I certainly want to be everybody's friend. So just, you know, look for me somewhere online, and um, lock in with me. We locked in, man. Thanks for calling in, and uh, we'll get back with you real soon, Algernon. All right, man. Happy birthday, Pudgy. Thanks, brother. Be blessed. A lot of things that Algernon Cash just said, man, it sounds like the belief in Christ to me. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you, you, you portray it how you portray it, but it sounds like a lot of Christ in that man. It sounds like a lot of knowledge is in that man. And, you know, where else can you get this kind of information on a Sunday night, man? I don't know a place. But one thing that they said about me before I ever started to do this show, and even when I started to do this show and I saw, you know, what the critics wrote and what some people wrote, they said this. Hey, it's, if it's Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. and you got nothing to do, I want you to make some time. Grab your slippers, get your robe on, get some comfortable clothes on, leave your rollers in your hair and get cozy, real cozy, with a drink in your computer. If you've ever been to a coffee shop before, this is a coffee shop you've never seen before right in the comfort of your own home. Late Night Mike, every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. starring your host, Katrina Watkins, poet extraordinaire, and the host act right. My man holds it down. The purely poetic late night Mike poetry show. Hey, if you wanted some good poetry in your life, make sure you log on to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash purely dash poetic. looking for warriors that are willing to fight. We need to leverage our political power and our political interests in both parties. We have the opportunity to talk about how our values work because when they're put in place, when we govern according to those values, they work. If anybody is going to take on Mr. Barack Obama, it's going to be black conservatives. When you push in abortion upon a population, you ask yourself, who's pushing it? Democrats cannot win without the black vote. The Jesse Jackson era is over. Conservatism is neither white nor black. It's what's right. It's what's good. Our community is everyone. This is a kingdom of God movement. When I was in inner city, pastoring, what I saw was the Democratic Party making inner city at that time a social wasteland. Maybe it's you who needs to decide that you want something different and stop waiting for a politician to hand that to you. We are serious about the mission that we have for the Frederick Douglass Foundation, and we stand on three basic pillars. And we don't apologize for it, but we are devoted Christians, first and foremost. We are proud black Americans and active Republicans. There are two issues that are facing our nation today that we don't uh, allow anybody, if they want to get our support, you are pro-life and you believe marriage is composed of one man and one woman at one time. We may not be the organization for you, and that's okay. We're not changing who we are. <laughs> I don't understand that. They won't mention that the vice chair. When I tell a lot of people this, even, even Republicans, they say, wow, we didn't know that. They didn't know that the vice chair of the North Carolina Republican Party 
Johnson is also the national cha chairman and founder of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. They don't mention that the KKK was a terrorist arm of the Democratic Party. They can talk about what they did to blacks, but they fail to mention, they forget that one little detail. And, they, and the other thing they won't tell you is that from 1929 to 1974, North Carolina had a Jennings board, and they passed the Sterilization Act. Welcome back to the KRP Radio Show. I'm your host, Pudgy. It is my birthday, so I'm going to do what I want, and I'm getting ready to scream. Ah! No, nah, I'm just kidding, but thanks for rocking with me on the show, man. We just had Algernon Cash on the line. Next up, we are going to a very... You know what? I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, but we're going to get my man Fred Newell on the line here real soon. I said I wasn't going to tell you, but I didn't by accident. <laughs> my apologies, folks. I tried to keep a little secret there, but anyway... We're going to bring Fred on the line here, VP of the Constitution Party of North Carolina, who has an event coming up really, really, really soon. But first, I got to get a caller on the line here just a second. And uh, th this guy is a very extraordinary guy. Um, folks, I'm asking as a personal favor, if if anybody told me happy birthday, it's over 400 people that told me happy birthday today, four, maybe five by now. But if all you guys would donate 10 cents, to this organization from uh, that this gentleman is a part of. You know what? Let me bring him on the air because I'm stumbling and it's, it's, it's I got to keep it moving. My man, AR, I call him AR16, but we call him Akright. Akright, how you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, P? Happy birthday. Hey, man. Thank you, man. This this is Akright for the folks who don't know. Also, co-host of Purely Poetic every Wednesday night. You guys heard the advertisement, you know. They should recognize that. Yeah, 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 right there. But Akright, how you doing, brother? <laughs> And man, I can't complain, man. I'm feeling great, you know, and uh, I'm enjoying uh, tuning into your show. You know, got a lot of great information from uh, Algernon. That's a very knowledgeable brother right there. Yeah, man, he 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 he's got a lot going on here, and Fred's gonna have a lot going on here too, man. This man is the VP of the Constitution Party. He's gonna drop some jewels, I'm sure. <laughs> man, absolutely. Hey, man, listen, I don't I don't want you to take this invite because I, I did want you to call in. But what we're gonna do, man? You and I, we're gonna we're gonna sit down, um, and we're really gonna chop it up about your organization, your nonprofit organization, your truly nonprofit organization. We're gonna sit down and really chop it up about that. And I want to dedicate at least the entire show to it, so we can talk about some things that are similar around this country, man. And and you know what? We'll make it a telethon. We'll let folks call in and. You know, let them donate money, man, quarters, dimes, wow. nickels, pennies. You know, we take it all because I believe wow. you. And that's that's the first time we've ever done anything like that, by the way. But wow. I, I, I believe in I believe in your vision, my man, and, and I think it's so very unique. But you know what? Tell the people who you are and tell them what you're doing out there, if you don't mind. All right. Um, my name is Brian Johnson. I am the founder and executive director of Discover Aviation Now. It's a uh, nonprofit in the state of uh, Virginia uh, that is uh, is out here to, to introduce you to aviation and different careers associated with aviation. You know, and not only are we are we doing that, but we're also um, getting the youth 
to to unlock and discover their full potential through aviation STEM based activities that that you know I created myself. So yeah, I'm, I mean right now I'm at the uh, Trans Tech Academy uh, Cardozo uh, Senior High School in uh, in DC, mm-hmm. and um, you know five days a week, you know, I'm teaching uh, aerospace engineering classes, you know, uh, introduction to engineering design classes, and I am implementing these aviation STEM uh, uh, programs, you know. Wow. So, so I'm basically just, uh, man, just getting, getting youth involved and, uh, and just opening their eyes to, uh, to the whole world of uh, aviation. So you're, so you're actually, let's be clear, folks. This man is not doing a, a basketball league. No disrespect to anybody who's working in the community because you guys know how I get down. I cook hot dogs for somebody real quick. But <laughs> you're not doing a basketball league, excuse me. You what you you you're doing. Let me I want I want to be clear. I want to make sure everybody understands this. You're teaching kids how to fly? Uh, I'm teaching kids how to fly. You know, I'm teaching kids not only how to fly but how to make, you know, um, calculations, mathematical calculations while they're flying. Wow. You know, to determine their right bearing and heading, you know, how to navigate, you know, in an airplane, how to pull out what's known as a sectional chart or a map to, to everybody else and just, you know, plot courses. Um, I mean, and just basically uh, touching on a lot of science, Technology, engineering, and mathematic uh, concepts and activities. Man, you you let me. And I, I hate to put all the information out there, and I, and I and I do have another guest that I hate to keep waiting. But Brian, how old are you? I'm I'm only 28 years old. Wow. I, I just <laughs> yeah, want everybody to understand that what what's going on here, man. We have a 20 year 28 year old black man who's teaching other underprivileged kids how to fly planes how to navigate planes, teaching them a job skill on his dime, on his time. If we're not willing to help something like this, you know what I mean? If we're not willing to help someone, if this, this man is a commercial pilot. Am I wrong? I, I am a commercial pilot. Yep. Also, hey, hey. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you tell them how many private licenses you have. <laughs> uh, I'm a commercial multi-single instrument-rated pilot, uh, high performance endorsement. Um, you know, when, when I started this nonprofit, you know, I, la- last year I was unemployed during this time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I started this nonprofit with zero dollars. I, I, t- I take that back. I take that back. I had a negative two dollars and thirty three cents in my bank account, so wow. I started below zero. You know, and this was something that I had in my mind because you know I graduated college. I was I was accepted to the number one flight school in the country. I was well on my way to realizing my dream of becoming an airline pilot, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then I got caught up in the uh, the recession mm-hmm. uh, that happened in '08, high gas prices, all that. You know, airlines closed their doors, so I was back at home living with my parents, tossing boxes at FedEx, you know. And and I went from that to to not having a job at all, and, and I had all this knowledge that I gained in college, all of this this knowledge of flying aircraft that I gained by going to the number one flight school uh, in the country, and, and I just thought of 
man, what is something that I can do? I can't find a job in the aviation industry for nothing. You know, uh, I couldn't even uh, get a job being a janitor at a, at a school. You know, Jesus. not not you know speaking down about that, but you know, I couldn't I couldn't get any of that stuff. Right. So I created a job where I could talk about aviation. You know, relay my passion, impart my passion to a younger generation, and you know because I feel blessed that I'm that I'm able to you know fly planes and, and learn that stuff. So I want to pass that knowledge off to a younger generation and hoping that, you know, I can inspire them to do the same thing and go on and have careers in aviation. Wow. I, I'm impressed, man. If if I've never been impressed with somebody before, let me say before the whole, I, I don't know how many listen to this show, maybe the whole 160 plus thousand folks that, that log on to the website and listen to the show, I'm impressed, man, by far. And and I appreciate what you're doing, man, because I, I know it takes a lot of time. You sound very passionate about it. I've met you in D.C. I can see the passion in your eyes, man. I know where you're going. I used to feel like that about the music industry until I actually got in it for real. And then I realized I didn't love it, and it don't love me. So I can see the passion in your eyes, man, and what you're doing is much greater than any kind of song that was ever made. So we're going to get on here, and we're going to make it a telethon, man. What we need to do is, is we're going to off the air. We'll get together. And let's plan it, and I and I'll get with the producers. Well, I'm producing this own show, but I'll get with one of my producers to help type all the things out and put all the literature out to some people. And I'm gonna invite some people that I know have the money to give, so you make sure everything is ready for you to receive. Is that fair? Roger that. Roger that, man. Thanks for calling on the show on short note, short notice. I appreciate you coming on, and be expecting a call from me. Hey, thank you, thank you. No problem. So yeah, that was uh. That was my man. I call him AK-47 or AK-16. I call him a, a whole number of things, man. But, you know, this is a great guy. Every Wednesday night they do a show. Him and Katrina Watkins, who Cole was the first call up tonight, called Purely Poetic. It's also on blogtalkradio.com slash purely-poetic every Wednesday night, 930. Uh, make sure you guys log on. It's a beautiful show, folks. You can call in and recite a poem that maybe was on someone's obituary that, you know, you feel great about or, or maybe something you wrote. It's a good place to start your trial run and you know it's just something good man it's relaxing you always give me a bottle i'm sorry glass <laughs> I sound like an alcoholic here i get me a glass of wine and sometimes i just sit back and i'll just listen or i'll call in and you know say my piece i'm not a poet but you know i, I try a lot so um anyway moving right along we're going to go to my man the vp of the constitution party of north Carolina. Now, they are doing some big things over there, folks. They got an event coming up, and I'm going to let Mr. Fred tell you all about it. Brother Newell, you on the line? Hello? Fred, are you with us? Okay, maybe he's not on the line anyway, not yet. But anyway, um, just going to it. Let me let me explain to you guys what they got going on here from this uh this Constitution Party of North Carolina. The the two the twenty the twenty eleven state convention of the Constitution Party of North Carolina. Um, this year's convention will be held held in Concord, North Carolina. Uh, let's see, at Edison Square, only minutes away from the Concord Mills Mall and the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. 
on August 19th through 20th, 2011. Make sure you come join those guys in Concord and learn more about the Constitution Party and plans to be involved in North Carolina politics and work to protect and defend this nation's constitution and conservative principles. At this year's convention, they will be held. It will be hold, they'll be holding elections for vice chairman, um, secretary. There's an at-large seat. Um, the state executive committee or the, of the party, you know, they're going to be holding their elections. They're, there's a bunch of things that's going on. So make sure you guys show up, man. August 19th through 20th this year, um, the 2000 State Convention of the Constitution Party of North Carolina. This year's convention will be held in Concord, North Carolina. So make sure you guys show up. It's time to go to a commercial anyway. And when we come back, hopefully we'll have the VP of the Constitution Party, Mr. Fred Newell, on the line, dropping some jewels about it and telling you guys about the convention and what they have going on over there. These people are patriots in their own right. You're listening to WMMG, home of the KIRP radio show. If you're online, make sure you log on with us, show or call in 619-638-8559 is the number. On Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash KRP radio show, or you can hit us up on Twitter, at symbol NC Pudgy, at symbol KRP radio show. That's where you can find us, folks. Log on. You know, log on. Check us out. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. You're listening to WMMG, home of the KIRP radio show, baby. We are now 100,000 listeners strong, and it's all because of you. If you want more information about KIRP radio show, hit us up online. You can visit the website at www.kirpradioshow.com. Again, that's www.kirpradioshow.com. If you're logging online and you're on some social sites, make sure you hit us up and like our page on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. Add yourself to the page. You can leave a comment. You can talk about the topics, and we'll try our best to get them all and read them off on the show. And if you're also on Twitter, send us a tweet at symbol KIRP Radio Show, and you can hit up the host, and that's me, that's Pudgy, at symbol NC Pudgy. Like I said, we are now over 100,000 listeners strong, and it's all because of you, baby. We started out November 28th, 
2010, and now we're taking it through 2011 and beyond. We are the K-I-R-P Radio Show. And if you don't know what that stands for, that's keeping it real with Pudgy, baby. (laughs) If you want more information about emailing or you want information about advertising or you want to know where we're going to be here and there, hit us up, kirpradio at gmail.com or WMMG. 500 at gmail.com and someone will get back to you as soon as possible. Like I said, it's all because of you, baby. 100,000 listeners strong and we're going on from here. I appreciate you and one love. Hey, it's, if it's Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. and you got nothing to do, I want you to make some time. Grab your slippers, get your robe on, get some comfortable clothes on, leave your rollers in your hair and get cozy, real cozy, with a drink in your computer. If you've ever been to a coffee shop before, this is a coffee shop you've never seen before right in the comfort of your own home. Late Night Mike, every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. starring your host, Katrina Watkins, poet extraordinaire, and the host act right. My man holds it down. The purely poetic late night Mike poetry show. Hey, if you wanted some good poetry in your life, make sure you log on to www.blogtalkradio.com backslash purely dash poetic. Welcome back to WMMG, home of the KRP Radio Show. Over one, I, I, my producers got on me, man. Over one hundred and sixty-five thousand listeners strong. I apologize for that. Sorry, folks. I'm discrediting their hard work over here. I guess they're getting uh, pissed off at me about that. So we had to correct that anyway. But coming up right now, man, let's jump right into it. The VP of the Constitution Party of North Carolina, Fred Newell. I hope I'm saying your name right, sir. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing absolutely beautiful. It's my birthday. Um, my wife bought me a bottle of wine here, and I've been drinking just a little bit <laughs> while I've been doing the show. And, you know, it's been a beautiful night. How old are you today? I'm uh, 32 years old. Oh, you're still young, Buck. You're still yeah, young. I'm still young, and, and I'm I'm running out of energy fast, it feels like. <laughs> Slowly but surely. I'm 41, and I understand. I don't know when it starts, Fred, but uh, it, it it started for me at about 26. A lot of all-nighters and working really hard, and I mean really working hard, you know. I understand. Well, I've been listening to your show, and it's uh, it, I've been really impressed. You've got some great listeners. I've uh, I've been very impressed with uh, all the work that you've done and everything your your listeners have had to say. Well, I appreciate that. We put a lot into it, and and, and you know that's part of the reason why you're on here. Seems like you guys are putting a lot into what you're doing these days too. 
we're trying. Uh, you know, it's obviously being a, an all-volunteer effort. We all have uh, our own uh, uh, lives and families and everything going on with us, but uh, we're giving it all we can as well. We, you know, we've got a lot of things going on out in the out in the world today that uh, we're just not happy with, and, and somebody's got to stand up and make the difference, right? Absolutely, somebody's got to stand up. Hopefully, the rest of the world will get the. Uh, I don't know. May, maybe they'll get a a bat symbol, a Batman symbol in the air, and it'll make them come to their darn senses and start doing something as well. Um, a lot of times when you talk to people, it seems like you're out here on an island, and you're on this island, and folks are looking at you like you're strange, you know. Um, I don't know how they don't see what we see. But anyway, I, I won't get on my soapbox, Fred. Um, tell us a little bit about the Constitution Party of NC, please. Well, it's uh, it's been around for a while, but we changed our name not all that long ago. Uh, but it's it's really founded upon seven core principles. Uh, sanctity of life is uh, one of the primary principles. You know, we believe in uh, the protection of uh, all unborn life. Uh, you know, we don't. Uh, we understand that people make mistakes in one form or another, but that doesn't give uh, anyone an excuse to take the life of an unborn baby. So we're very 100% uh, pro-life uh, political organization out there. Uh, we're uh, staunchly believe in religious freedom. Uh, we believe that uh, the government uh, has no right to involve or get itself involved in uh, dealing with anyone's uh, abilities to practice whatever religion they want to practice. Uh, and as we know from a number of uh, events that have occurred lately, uh, there's been a lot of issues with the First Amendment, from freedom of speech to freedom of religion, where the government's really uh, seems to have uh, gotten a lot more involved than it really should have. Uh, but uh, those are a couple of things that we really focus on. We're very pro-Second Amendment. Uh, you know, it's uh, we believe everyone uh, deserves the right to be able to bear a firearm, as the Constitution uh, says that they should be able to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, one of the things that we've seen a lot over the past uh, several years, and it's really ramped up in the past couple of years, is the government's involvement in trying to curtail those uh, those rights uh, with all of the things going on, especially the news today with Fast and Furious and uh, all of the other uh, uh, operations that are taking place. And then you have uh, the government signing uh, signing statements or executive orders and bypassing the uh, Constitution in an effort to uh, affect, uh, impact, or restrict the ability of people to purchase firearms on the border yeah. states. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's really just the beginning, uh, and that's that's concerning. You know, they uh, as far as that particular topic is concerned, you know, they they looked at trying to pass legislation specifically for that and realized that it wouldn't pass. And so instead of trying to get legislation passed as they should have tried. Uh, they just issued an executive order and bypassed the Constitution altogether. And unfortunately, that just seems to be uh, something that's becoming more and more commonplace uh, really over the past couple of decades. Uh, you know, and it's not something that's just uh, specific to either party, Republican or Democrat. They've both been heavily involved in, in using that for a variety of things, from going into wars uh, to uh, uh, going into uh, acts like the Patriot Act, legislation like that. Uh, you know, parts of the Patriot Act are, are very controversial, but uh, it's uh, just a number of things that they've been involved in that just really are concerning. And, uh, you know, we've just been uh, working diligently on trying to make uh, those things more apparent to people because, you know, some of those things, Patriot Act is 315 pages long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, 2,700 pages long. You know, so these, these laws are so prohibitively long uh, and difficult to understand. If you're not an attorney, uh, you're probably not going to understand them. And that, that's just not the intent of the Founding Fathers. They wanted you and I, you know, the people who haven't been to law school, to be able to understand what was going on and to have a say-so in that. Uh, and we've gotten away from that. You can add the health care bill to that, too, by the way. Please do. Because a lot of oh, folks hey. aren't 
I'm yeah, sorry. And that's that's that that's upwards of three thousand pages uh, in length, you know, and it's uh, it's it's just unbelievable uh, how excessive these things are getting. And then half the time they tell Congress that they have to pass the law before they can even read it. Yeah. So there's just all kinds of craziness going on up there, uh, while while a lot of us are, are standing by and just uh, you know hoping for the best. Uh, you know, and, and I have lots of friends and family that are that are that way. You know, they just trust that the government. You know, they they go and vote every few years and trust the government's going to do what we've asked it to do. And in a perfect world, that's the case. But you know, as we've seen over the past couple of decades, that's unfortunately not the case. Well, other other than the pure devil, what do you think the agenda is with all this new legislation? You know, I don't know if I've ever seen this much legislation before, where it's not concerning us at all it, it it seems like things are being passed that we could care less about things that we're not even concerned about things that don't even matter but you know you know like this uh id bill that's been proposed or or this this internet id thing that's that the president said he wanted to do something about why are they doing this other than pure evil itself what's what's your assumption or your group's theory on what the government is actually doing nowadays well, I mean, I can tell you from, from my personal experience and from the research that I've done, you know, the government's had the ability to monitor all Internet traffic for almost a decade. Yeah. You know, they've had snare devices, uh, programs like Echelon and Carnivore, Swift, that are public information that you can pull up and see, and they can literally monitor. There's nothing that goes on on the Internet that uh, does not go through a computer program somewhere. That's and right. the, the purpose of the Internet ID is that now it allows them to much easily, much more easily and much quicker be able to tie uh, whatever's being said, what emails are being sent, what websites you're visiting, much quicker to your personal computer. And, you know, I personally, and from a party standpoint, am a little bit concerned about uh, that whole Fourth Amendment uh, search and seizure potential violation. Uh, you know, and that's that's one of the major concerns that civil libertarian parties have had, like the ACLU, with, with the Patriot Act, you know, that uh, that the government has, uh, even before the Patriot Act, but really since the Patriot Act, they've really ramped up their efforts uh, online and uh, and use these types of programs. And the way they get around it is that uh, they say that they are not specifically, they don't have humans sitting there reading each and every email or listening to each and every phone call that's made over the Internet or any other traffic. And obviously that would be humanly impossible. Right. But right. what they have computer programs that uh, that monitor all of that. They have sniffer devices. And a lot of, uh, you know, that came from private industry. A lot of private organizations who they have a lot of computers and their their employees have access to computers. They have those mm -hmm. to make sure their employees are sitting around surfing the web all day. Well, the government latched on to that, uh, and they use their sniffer devices. And so if you send emails and, and it you know has a, a certain uh, uh, wording in it that meets a certain algorithm, then it's, it's shot off into another uh, sniffer device. And eventually it does go to a human to read, and they look through it and make the determination on whether or not uh, it meets the criteria that they need to look into it. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's scary the powers that that we continue to allow uh, the federal government to have, uh, and and a lot of it is really under the 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 guise of of, of safety. You know, if uh, I will, I'll give up my freedoms to be safer. You know, and that's that that never works out. That never happens. You end up giving up liberty and freedom, uh, and and you have no safety. And uh, yeah. and that's one of the things I'm really concerned about. What 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 your with your group though. Um, you know, the North Carolina Constitution Party, what do you guys actually, what is your goal 
that you hope to achieve? What, what's like a short-term goal? I, I, I see the, clear, the clarity in your long-term goal, obviously, but what's a short-term goal or something that you guys have latched on that you plan on doing or trying to attack or get done? But one of the things we've really been concentrating on over the last year uh, is uh, we've got one of our members, Jordan Green, who uh, authored the Electoral Freedom Act of 2011 that uh, I actually heard you talk about Glenn Bradley earlier, and he's really helped a lot. And uh, we've had a lot of help from uh, some good friends here in, uh, in North Carolina with trying to get this act passed. But in doing this, it will make it easier for uh, organizations or political organizations to get ballot access. Right now, it's, it's difficult, if not impossible, for an independent third-party political organization to get on the ballot because it is so prohibitive. Right now, you have to have, uh, to get on ballot access, you have to have uh, 85,000 signatures, 2%, and we're trying to get that reduced down to a quarter percent, which would be about 16,000 signatures, which is really more in line with uh, most of the other states. North Carolina has one of the most stringent uh, requirements for uh, the uh, ballot access. And so that's really what we've been concentrating on, and, and they're actually supposed to be hearing that, I believe, in the uh, the state uh, Senate, hopefully sometime in the next month or two, and we're hoping we've made some good progress with that. Uh, we got through the the, uh, the state house, and uh, I believe it's going to the Senate floor, and hopefully we'll get that passed, and that really will help us a lot with uh, hopefully getting some good candidates fielded for the next election process. Yeah, you know, all you, of us. You, the numbers uh, – you know, a lot of uh, really the, the general argument when you talk about an independent third party is concern about splitting the party, whether it's Democrat or whether it's Republican. And, you know, the, the case is, and a majority of people will say that it's, well, it's the lesser of two evils, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, whether you're voting Democrat or Republican. And that's not the way it should be. That's not the way it was meant to be. That's it right. Be the lesser. It should be voting for someone who you believe is going to represent what you stand for. And I think the American public realizes that, and the, the trends indicate that. Since the last, in 2007, uh, there was around 29% of the people polled were independent. That number is now upwards of almost 38%. So it's almost evenly split across the board. And so if we could get those access laws passed, there's a, a very realistic possibility that we could get some, some very good uh, constitutionally-minded people in office here in North Carolina. Is there anything that the people can do to assist, you know, assist you guys in those efforts? Well, if they go to our website, the Constitution Party of North Carolina, we keep that updated fairly regularly with what we're doing, and uh, we have information on there uh, pretty uh, regularly that will indicate as far as uh, if there's certain people that might need to be emailed or, or called as far as supporting the specific uh, piece of legislation that we're trying to pass. And we've had some success with that when we've posted that in the past between the, the support that we've had with uh, the people that are already in office uh, and people calling, uh, that's what's helped us get to the point where we are now. And the thing is, even there, there are a lot of politicians who, who also realize that, uh, you know, while they may be Republican or Democrat, that those parties don't represent what they, what they uh, wanted to represent. You know, it's changed significantly, and, and they're on board with uh, what we're about, and and when we get this changed, and I, and I know that we will, that they're planning on uh, moving over to the Constitution Party as well. So it's not just the the, the voters; the politicians realize that there is a, a need for this third party as well. Wow, I, I I commend you guys for those actions too, and I, I definitely stand behind you guys. I've read a lot about uh, quote unquote the third party, and uh, what I would like to refer to as independents or some Tea Party movers or constitutionalists, you know, folks who just believe in right. And and, and that's simple. You know what I mean? That, that's very simple to just believe in right. But 
some folks like to have their cake and eat it too. And, and, you know, they don't belong in what I call the middle party or the constitution party. So I commend you guys for what you're doing. And, uh, you know, you have a, you got a valiant movement going on and, you know, all I can say is stay with it. Um, Tell us a little bit about the state convention that's coming up in Concord. Well, our state convention is coming up on August uh, 20th. Uh, it's going to be in uh, Concord at the uh, Edison Complex, Edison Square Complex, and we've got some uh, great speakers there. We've got uh, former Congressman Virgil Good. Uh, he is one of our keynote speakers. He was our presidential candidate that we fielded uh, in uh, uh, the last election, and, uh, and I believe he's going to be the next one as well. I'm not sure if that's been decided yet or not, but I believe that's the case. Uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, who is an, an awesome speaker. If you're pro Second Amendment, pro gun rights, uh, he's a great person to come listen to. He is he is the only sheriff to actually sue the federal government and win over the oppressive laws that the federal government was trying to force the uh, sheriff's departments across the country to uh, start enacting and uh, start paying for. Uh, and then, of course, we got Glenn Bradley as well, the uh, representative that has uh, been very supportive of all of our efforts mm-hmm. with the. Uh, Access Law, and also Reverend Mark Creech, uh, who is part of the Christian uh, Action League, uh, and who's also been a very staunch supporter. You know, as you know, uh, and, and I'm sure some of your listeners probably know, we are obviously a, a Christian-based organization, uh, and that's one of the uh, primary tenets that we are, are founded on. Uh, you know, while we believe that everyone uh, deserves religious freedom, uh, we are uh, very Christian-oriented, for, um, and we believe that uh, that's really how uh, this country got to the point where it, it was being that it was a, a superpower, has been for, for such a long time. Uh, you know, the, the Constitution and the, the laws that have come from that on the state and local levels really uh, were born out of a lot of the commandments and the laws that came from uh, from the Bible. And so we're very Christian-oriented. Uh, and we believe that, you know, that's really one of the main reasons why I think that uh, the country is beginning to suffer so much. You know, I think that one of your callers earlier talked about how things were getting bad uh, or getting worse, and they were only uh, bad to begin with. And, uh, you know, I think that one of the reasons for that is that we're getting away from our Christian principles, you know, that uh, we're, we're uh, so concerned with being politically correct that we're taking God out of everything, and, and, and God is what makes everything right. You know, we've got to get back to... Uh, understanding that uh, we do need uh, God in our lives, and it's okay if we if we need to say God in a prayer or the Pledge of Allegiance or, or whatever it is uh, that we're talking about. But as we get further away from that, you'll notice that the country seems to be uh, realizing more and more issues. I, with with the recent laws that's been uh, passed here, and and again, I won't try to get on my soapbox, but speaking from an organizational standpoint. Um, the same-sex marriage bill that was proposed, what do you feel the direction of North Carolina will be in the future and, and how they're handling this? Well, you know, I mean, that's difficult. I mean, North Carolina has, at least recently, has a a, a more liberal trend uh, of supporting uh, uh, same-sex unions, at least, uh, maybe not legally, but uh, at least in the masses. Uh, you know, so I mean, I think that it's possible that uh, North Carolina could lean that way. It just really depends on when it goes through and, and who's in charge when it happens. Uh, you know, Beth Perdue has been uh, uh, one of the more liberal uh, uh, governors that we've had, and she's, she's I think, holds a record for vetoing legislation that's been presented by uh, <laughs> So, uh, you know, it's uh, it would only be guesswork, but, uh, you know, it... it uh, 
I would say that uh, she might fall on the side of uh, of trying to pass something like that. Wow, it seems that it seems like to me, you know, Fred. I I don't know, just just personally, man. My feeling is that I don't think Christians are speaking out as loud as non Christians. I'll just say. Um, I think you're exactly right, and it's we've reached a point in in time where. Uh, really, Christians are, are more persecuted than anyone else. You know, yeah. we've become society of uh, this being strangled by political correctness. We're bending over backwards so much to accommodate everyone else, but it's at the risk of the Christians here in the in the country. And and so a lot of people, I think that we still have a lot of people here who who believe in God and who are Christians, but they're afraid to speak out and talk up because they're concerned about castigation from these other groups about. Uh, being accused of being intolerant of other religions because uh, because they want to talk about their own or because they want to just mention God in a prayer or in an opening ceremony, you know, and that's not yeah. the case. The, it, it, the, the, one of the main issues is that tolerance has really become a one-way street. You know, we have become tolerant of every, everything except for Christianity. And again, that's really that's what this country was really founded on, and that's one of the things that made this country so great. And as we get further away from it, we see the country beginning to really have some significant issues. But I think primarily, again, it's just I think that there are a lot of people out there who are still good Christians, but they're just afraid to speak out because they're concerned about what will be said to them uh, about that. They're afraid to openly uh, practice their own religion that they're allowed to do. I I, I don't know what's going on, man, but I'll tell you this. It's amazing to me that, you know, we learn the lessons of Christ as as a Christian, and we learn that even Christ didn't stay in the church. You know, Christ traveled. He was a, an evangelist, I guess you want to, you know, I won't quote, quote, unquote, he was an evangelist. And, you know, he went out, spread the message, and, and he pissed a lot of people off. And, that, you know, I guess that's what led to his death, and, that, and, and it was written, it was to be. But what I'm saying is that as Christians, isn't that what we should do? Isn't that what we're destined to do? to go out and spread the love and spread the message of Christ? I I, I completely agree with you. I think you're you're exactly right. You know, again, it's, it doesn't help when you have representatives, uh, you know, in, in the government who uh, will openly support basically any other type of religion, but when it comes to Christianity, uh, will downplay uh, anything with regards to that or even uh, outwardly oppose uh, any type of uh, Christianity, uh, you know, it's it's really become uh, almost a, a horrible thing to some people to to be a Christian. It's just, and it seems like it's happened so quickly. You know, it, it was it was taking place at a slow uh, a slow uh, clip there, but in the last I don't know five or ten years, it's just really accelerated exponentially, and uh, and it's really become more difficult for people to to be the uh, the good Christians that uh, that they are. Yeah, I, I, and I can I can understand that. I know where people are coming from, and I know it's I know in reality there's a lot of things we'd like to say and do, but you know sometimes there's a little reserve behind how we're going about it. I want I want to read this quote to you, and then I'm going to follow it. There's a question I'm going to follow up with it. This is from George Washington. He said, "The power under the Constitution will always be in the people. It is entrusted for certain defined purposes." and for a certain limited period to representatives of their own choosing. And whenever it is executed contrary to their interests or not agreeable to their wishes, their servants can and undoubtedly will be recalled. What in the world happened to our 
system of government today compared to when what George Washington was talking about when the Constitution was implemented? Well, I think that uh, a lot of people lost focus, you know, especially the career politicians. Uh, you know, and that's one of the things that uh, one of the uh, the tenets that we believe in is the term limits for all politicians. You know, when you get people that are uh, in in Washington for forty or fifty years, their allegiances move away from being to the their constituents, their people in their communities, to the people that they work with, um, the people that they. Uh, align with, whether it's a defense contractor or uh, it's somebody who's going to, to pay to repair their summer house or, uh, or whether it's somebody on the other side of the aisle who wants to pass a piece of legislation later so that they make a deal now. And so you have somebody who's supposed to be representing you, but they're not. They're representing themselves. And so when you have people that become career politicians, that's what you have. You have people that lose sight of the interests of the people. Uh, and we need to do something about that. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that people are really beginning to wake up and see that and becoming uh, a lot more uh, vocal. You know, I think that you've seen the creation of all types of uh, of social media, of uh, all types of websites that are specifically geared towards uh, assisting people and getting more involved and becoming more vocal. And yeah. I think that that's why you saw a significant shift uh, in, uh, in the Congress in the last election period. You know, people uh, are starting to hold uh, their politicians more accountable. Yeah. You know, but the problem is that uh, with the two-party system, you know, is that they still have that latitude. I mean, you can have any type of Republican or any type of Democrat. You can have a Democrat who is, is a Republican all day long, or you can have a Republican that's really a Democrat all day long. You know, it's just a title. It's not – it doesn't mean what it used to mean. Yeah. And that's really it's almost become one. Uh, you know, they just cater to a different group of people uh, most of the time. Uh, but essentially, they become one group that really looks out for themselves more than anything else. And because of that, you know, we've seen a, a, a significant departure from the Constitution and from what our founding fathers wanted uh, for us and, and wanted to protect us from the uh, the issues that we're facing today. Man, we got quite a journey ahead of us. And you guys are leading the way. There's other groups out here that are leading the way. And, you know, I just I feel for you guys, man, and I'm with you, you know, every step of the way. And we're going to fight this thing until the wheels break off, as they say. And um, it's it's get better robust almost, you know, Fred. It's get better robust. You're right. And for penny and for pound, we're not giving up. We're, we're going to go all the way and uh, we're going to, you know, give it everything we've got. And uh, I think that we're going to. We're going to have success. I think that the American people are waking up, and I think that they're going to wake up and be on our side. So I think we're going to get there. I, I, I definitely agree with you, man, wholeheartedly. Uh, I just have one more thing, and, and then I'll let you go. I know we're a little over our time here, but I just wanted to ask you if, if uh, you know, for the folks out there who want to get involved somehow and they just don't even know where to begin, what kind of advice would you have for them people, for those people? Well, obviously, my advice would be to get involved with the Constitution Party. But uh, you know, it's you've got to you've got to look at what uh, what you believe in. You got to look at what you want and uh, look at what's important to you. And that's how I got involved. You know, I'm not a professional politician. I'm not a theologian. I'm just somebody who uh, I realized one day. You know, I've got two small children, and I, I woke up one day and, and realized, you know, I really don't like the direction the world is going in. And when my kids grow up. You know, I don't want my daughter to come to me and tell me how bad the world is and ask me what did I do about it and me tell her nothing. You know, I'm at least going to be able to tell her I tried. I gave it everything I had. 
And so, you know, and that's how I found the Constitution Party. I found an organization that really represented those those core principles uh, that uh, I believed in. Uh, you know, and I invite anyone to join us at our uh, at our uh, convention coming up here in a couple weeks. Uh, if you go to the ConstitutionPartyNC.com website, you can get the information on the speakers, the location. There's a flyer on there. Uh, please come join us and uh, listen to the speakers. They're going to be great. And see if it's something that uh, if you agree with and you believe in, we'd love to have you. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, Fred. I appreciate you dropping these, these jewels on these folks and letting pe- people know exactly what you guys stand for, contrary to liberal belief. You know, the liberals, they'll, in Liberalville, they'll make up anything, man. They'll put something out there, and, you know, that's not even true. So I think you guys are, are very honorable, and, and I appreciate what you guys do for this country and for North Carolina, first and foremost. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that, and I, I really appreciate you having us on tonight. Hey, you guys got an open ran. You can hit me up anytime you like to be on the show. Fred, we always give shout-outs. you have any shout-outs before you go? Uh, I just want to thank you very much. Thank God for giving me this opportunity, and thank my wonderful Man. wife for putting with me. Man, BLG in my book, Fred, you thanked your wife. Man, the other guys have been forgotten, forgetting to thank their wives, and we know it's Sunday night, and, you know, we we taking you away from the late Sunday movie or the cuddle time. So <laughs> shout-out to your wife, too, Fred. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. Thanks. Take care. All right, you too. That was Fred Newell, Constitution Party of North Carolina, Vice President, holding it down, dropping some jewels on you folks, letting everybody know what they really stand for. Not what Liberalville says they stand for. In Liberalville, anything. In Li- you know what? Only in Liberalville can you hate rich people and still play the lotto every day. Only in Liberalville. That's for you, Sonny. Up next, Sonny Johnson from the founder of Liberalville, the founder of Full Negro Dialect, a group that I'm entrusted in, a group that I'm involved with. And she's going to tell you all about it here right after this commercial break. You're listening to KRP Radio Show. If you just logged on, the number is 619-638-8559. You can also contact us on the web, show, And you can also hit us up on Facebook. Make sure you add us, folks, at symbol KRP Radio Show at symbol NC Pudgy. Got to give a special shout-out to my man, Algernon Cash. And I got to give another B.I.G. shout-out to my man, AR16, Act Right from Purely Poetic, and Katrina from Purely Poetic. Every Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m., they come on, they do their thing. And another big shout-out to Fred Newell of the Constitution Party of North Carolina. He just let you guys know a lot of things that are going on with the government. It's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about the system and us. But first, it's about us and what we can do for ourselves. And one thing that you guys can do, is go to the state convention of the Constitution Party, and it's going to be in Concord, North Carolina, at Edison Square, just minutes from Concord Mills Mall and the University of North Carolina at Charlotte on August 19th and 20th, 2011. That's this year, folks, if you ain't got it right. come. Make sure you join them. Make sure you come through there. They're going to have flyers out there. They're going to have some tables out there. Get you a name tag. Go in and listen to what they have to say. Listen to what they have to offer because we're trying to get another party in here, folks, if you don't know. We're sick of Democrats. We're sick of Republicans. We're sick of just people just not doing right, not actually the groups. We're just sick of folks not doing right. So what we're trying to do is get another party so some different people can run for office, some folks that we believe in. Hey, maybe even you. So I got to go to a commercial break. I will be right back after this commercial. You're rocking with the KIRP radio show.
Don't You, the number one online music tournament encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Hey, it's if it's Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. and you got nothing to do, I want you to make some time. Grab your slippers, get your robe on, get some comfortable clothes on, leave your rollers in your hair, and get cozy, real cozy, with a drink in your computer. If you've ever been to a coffee shop before, this is a coffee shop you've never seen before right in the comfort of your own home. Late Night Mike, every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m., starring your host, Katrina Watkins, poet extraordinaire, and the host, Act Right. My man holds it down for purely poetic Late Night Mike poetry show. Hey, if you wanted some good poetry in your life, make sure you log on to www.blocktalkradio.com backslash purely dash poetic. Because this next guest that we got coming on the show is my homie, my co-defendant, my homegirl, my ace coon boom. You can call it what you want to call it. I can't believe I just said ace. Lord, have mercy. Sonny Johnson, full Negro dialect, the <laughs> author and constructor of Liberville. That's the sensation on Twitter right now. You guys, pound symbol, Liberville. And if you know what a liberal is and you know what liberal is, you know what? Sonny, what's Liberville? <laughs> It's a world of contradiction where you can have everything that you know and believe in and go against it. If you just logged on, I just told you Liberville is the only place where you can hate rich people, but you play the lotto every day. Boo. What up, Sonny? Or, or, or you like to play That's My Car or you be sitting there watching MTV Cribs. Yeah, those are the rich people. Yeah, you know that. Hate rich people, but, you know, got to get that Beamer. What's good with you, baby? Happy birthday, Pudgy. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel special today. I feel, you know what? This has been the best birthday just coming on the show, man, I swear. Best birthday ever. Look, 
I was gonna ruin it and sing to you, but let's not do that because I really can't. <laughs> I can't sing a lick. But give big shout outs, Pudgy on his birthday, doing the show, informing the people. Big shout out. Yeah. B-I-G, man, B-I-G. You know what? I'm going to add somebody on the show with us because that's going to make us – you know how Voltron unites together and, and it makes <laughs> it strong? So I got our other leg because you the head and, you know, we the body and the legs. Got Kevin Daniels on the line with us too, whether he like it or not, he's on the line. So don't say nothing slick. <laughs> What's up, Kev? Yeah, he ain't going to say oh. nothing, but it's all good. Oh, <laughs> you want to push the button. Yeah, but yo, Sonny, tell us about this. Tell us about you know full Negro dialect. There's a lot of people on the air this week. There's a lot of people. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number, folks. KRPRadioShow dot com. There's a lot of people on the line who hadn't been on before. A lot of new people joining the show. Show's growing really fast this month I and mean, last month. Um, let us know what's going on with full Negro dialect and give us this week's segment, if you will. All right, this week. I want to, um, you were talking about uh, Christianity in the last segment, so I'm going to pick up off of there. Please do. Um, everyone says that they basically makes it out that you can't be a Christian and have fun, that you can't be a Christian and have a life, that, you you know, that, that like somehow the minute you give your life over to God, basically everything good about life stops. And if you ever heard the quote before, if, if you don't think that God has a sense of humor, then try to make plans <laughs> and then see what wow. happens to your plans. And that's kind of what I want to um, put on today because I had it planned out about what I was going to talk to, but I am a follower of God. So when he lays something on my heart, I go with what he laid there instead of what I planned myself. Got to move. So that's what, it, that's what it is this week. Now, this week is a lot of going on in the news, especially with the downgrade of U.S. credit. And I wanted to share a philosophy with you that I came up as soon as I kind of made this transfer into conservatism. I came up with this idea of before 25. And what it was is before 25, we believe we're invincible. You know, our credit is invincible. Um, we'll always have a place to live. We'll always have food to eat. You know, it's just like we take for granted the basics and the necessities of life because we're young and we think that, you know, the whole world is in ha- uh, ahead of us and is not really It's going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. But when the age you hit 25, you start realizing a couple things to be true. One is that you have to pay your own way through life, that no one else is going to do it for you. Two is that a lot of the people that you trusted and that you hung with throughout your lifetime are still going to stay in the place that they are and they're never going to move forward any. And another one of the basic tenets is that you will have made mistakes by the age of 25. Basically, that's, that's all of that is at 25, every single human, no matter your color, no matter your creed, no matter whatever, by the age of 25, you have hit this realization. Now, whether you choose to accept it or not is a totally different story, but you right. hit the realization. Wow. The only thing I can lay out is that if you can make it to 25 without anything that will purposely leave a mark on the rest of your life, then call it a success, which means if you can say that you got out, even if you got out as a felon, 
but even in that felony, you have found something else to do with your life where you can um, take care of yourself, then look at it as a success story. As long as it's not a mistake that will haunt you for the rest of your life with yeah. no chance of coming back from it. Mm-hmm. That's the point where we need to move that 25 mark down to 18. Because when we graduate high school, we are supposed to come out prepared for the world, but we're not. We don't learn about our credit. We don't learn about um, the basic necessities in life. And my necessities are these things. These are the things that you must be able to take care of on your own, your food, your shelter, and your education. If you look at a politician, they want to give you food stamps, they want to give you Section 8, and they want to control your education. This is not by accident because if you don't control where you get your sustenance, where you get your shelter, and what you choose to believe in, then you do not control your future. And they do. And that's, that's right. where Social Security comes in. Mm. So now, if you look at it now, the way that it's set up is nobody wants it to be their entitlements to be touched. That's you know, right. We can't stop unemployment. We can't stop food stamps. We can't mess with Social Security or Medicaid or Medicare. These are things that we can't do. Why? Because these are the basic necessities. They have people who are dependent on their very life for these things. This is the control that we must take back. Now, I was going to go into talking about money, which all of this revolves around money. Right. We want to be rich. Our idea should not be to be rich. It should be wealthy, to be wealthy, to have something that we not only have to take care of ourselves during our lifetime, but to pass on to our kids. True wealth. That is what you need to be focusing on at the age of 18, because by the time you get to 25, you are going to look like the U.S. government. (laughs) Okay? In the sense that you're going to have more debt than you can handle. You're not going to be able to produce the revenue needed to um, to, um, to stand up or to keep up with that debt. Basically, our government is telling us, is showing us what is coming next for those who do not prepare. And if any message that I can leave this week is they think you're stupid, they think you're dumb, they think that you are incapable of ruling yourself, they think that they are the ones that control whether you will survive or you will not. And it comes a time now that you cannot wait till you're 25, you cannot wait until um, – your back is up against the wall, and you have no other options. You must take this moment now to become prepared. Like I said, full Negro dialect is the language of money. Money doesn't wait, okay? It is either built or it is given and can be easily taken away. Those are mm. your two options, and we need to get to the point where we are building it rather than waiting for someone to hand it to us. Wow. I, I think that... I think part of the problem is, you know, we talk about entitlements too, Sonny. And um, it's amazing to me the things that seem to, seem to be the last resort for most of us, okay? The, the things that seem to be the last resort for most of us seem to be the most important when we talk about cutting entitlements. And it, there's not an exactly, argument there. And that's not, no, that's not a mistake. They, um, it's called what they, they call you useful idiots. And this is not my term. This is their term. What, what was the term again? Mm. 
useful idiots. Wow. Which means is which means that they control your education, so they control what you believe and uh, how far or how much you're willing to fight for. And when they need to press a button, they press the button and make you come out and react. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in the meantime, you're not building wealth. You're not creating wealth. You're not taking care of your own ability to eat, your own ability to have shelter, your own ability to um, educate yourself in the word of God, in the word of history, as well as in the word of your forefathers that came before you. You take their word for everything. And what that does is it leaves you unprepared. You don't know what to fight for, what you're willing to die for. And if you can't feed yourself, then you're going to have a problem with living. So these are basic tenets that when they come to the entitlement, over under Barack Obama, um, food stamps have increased almost double what they were um, when the great grand bargain was made under Clinton, where they where they redid the um, welfare system. Mm-hmm. Well, now the food stamp level has raised back up. They think of this as economic as an economic force. Because the more food stamps they give, the more people can buy food, so therefore you help the economy. Not thinking about the fact that that money that they're giving you to buy food is actually coming from the economy. So it's not really helping the economy. All it's doing is kind of moving money from one pocket to the other pocket, back to the, yeah. It, It doesn't create wealth. It doesn't create security. It doesn't create a future. And all they need is to have that button. So when they say we need to cut, and if they say your food stamps, you get mad. If they say the elders that um, that it's uh, Medicare, then they get mad. And and I'm probably going to make a few people mad by saying this, but we are supposed to look up to our elders for um, for for advice, wisdom, to, advice to, to lead yeah. us, to lead us, right? And so many of our elders today say. You just don't listen. You just don't pay attention. Um, you just don't have any respect anymore for anything. Well, I will lay that same comment back at our elders because you have taught us everything we know. If you want to know why we don't want certain entitlements touched, you can see your answer every time they talk about touching um, Social Security where you say, not mine, don't touch mine, don't you know who the seniors are, we we are, you are teaching our generation, not mine, that we are entitled. We are learning this from you. So at some point, the elder generation doesn't understand that, yeah, you paid into the system the whole time, but at, at the same time you were paying into the system, you were letting the system feed itself in, in massive deficit and massive debt, you didn't stop it. You didn't speak up. You weren't a voice and a force to stop it before it got to this point. So at some point, even our elders have to take responsibility. This is a this is a problem for every single American. Not a group that can be cordoned off or cut off to say that you are safe. Now. If you raised your kids, um, and I will say this, and I mean it wholeheartedly, if you raised your kids conservatively, mm-hmm. then more than likely your children love you. And if it came down to it, your children would take you in, and they would sacrifice for you because they would say, 
you are my mother, you sacrifice to me, you are my father, you sacrifice to me, I will willingly take that sacrifice to you. Yeah. Now the more liberal the more liberalized parents who came up teaching their children that they were entitled, that they deserved this or that it was the government's um uh place to give them this, that or the other, those are the ones who don't have the good relationships with their children. Or somebody's place. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or somebody's wow. place to give you something that you know. It, it's beautiful you said that, Sonny, because that works on both ends of the spectrum. Most definitely, and and we see it in the black community as well. Because when you have, and and this is one of the things that um, really irked me when I was younger, is that I had my, one of my aunties used to force me to go get free lunch, <laughs> and. I wasn't, and it's not to say anything about anyone who needed the free lunch, but I didn't need it, you know. I had money um, that my father had given me to be able to take care of my lunch. Right. I did not need it. It was not a necessity for me. But I was told that whether or not it was a necessity, it was free, and to go get it because it was free. This, these are the lessons that we are passing to our children. You cannot tell your son to go and get something for free whether he needs it or not just because it's free and then wonder why at the age of 25 he only looks for the free things in life. Yeah. Why he isn't willing to go out and work for it. Why he, um, why he so easily blames. Um, society or the white man or the Republican Party or whatever it is for every single one of his problems. You have given him that excuse by telling him that he deserves whatever is free. We are setting our own selves up for failure because we live in Liberalville, because we allow ourselves to live in this area of contradiction. And that's the point that we need to change. We cannot wait until the age where we we um we already have bad credit. We cannot wait to the age where um if we keep going to where we're going, we get downgraded again. Interest rates rise even further, which hurts our economy even more, driving up the cost of everything we use from gasoline to the cotton we need to um make the jeans for our kids back to school clothes. Mm. We can it, it comes a point where we cannot just wait until we hit the realization that the government isn't going to take care of us. We have to start embedding not only in ourselves now, but our children and um, the next generation that's coming up, whether that be our nieces, our nephews, or just our neighbors, Mm -hmm. that we need that there are certain basic necessities that we have to be able to take care of ourselves, and that is your food, your shelter, and your education. You know, there there was once upon a time where, um, you know, for good or bad, that we were, I was not proud of the, the government cheese used to get or the, the meat in the can and the peanut butter and all that. Now, I ate it. Don't get me wrong. I ate it. But, man, when your friends came over, you put that stuff away. Um, it's amazing now that we're in a time where doing bad is almost celebrated or living in a certain area celebrated. And, and we saw this transition coming, especially in the black community, um, through music. Once upon a time, music was getting out of the community, getting out of the ghetto, and, and making a better life for yourself. And that's no disrespect to anybody who live in the ghetto or folks that live in a, in a project building or 
whatever, man, because, you know, people are just trying to make do. And I understand that. Trust me. Family, friends, and the whole nine, I get that. But, you know, once upon a time, you know, listening to music and just listening to people in general, you heard, well, I'm working these two jobs so we can get this house. Or I'm working like this so we can just do better. And, you know, to the regular eye, you were already doing good. Your bills were paid. You had a project house or you had a little shotgun house and everything was good. But to a certain degree of people, of black people, they kept working hard. You don't commonly see that now. And it's got a lot to do with the economy. It's got a lot to do with society alone in general. Um, The will of the kids, the parents being younger, the baby boom. I mean, you name it. There's a lot going on with that. But, you know, it seems that people have lost respect for certain things, Sonny. And, and you know, like me and Algernon were saying earlier, that, that bothered me, man, because it's almost like we don't care. You know, I don't care who sees this. I don't care what I don't but have. Here, I don't, here, here's why we don't care and why, why there's a big, heavy dose of personal responsibility lumped in here. I'm going to take it to um to put it on this perspective. When they say when... Like, when I say, um, if I had the chance to cut the budget, okay, I would terminate entire departments within the um, federal government. And so the argument against that would be, uh, okay, the, our air is going to be bad if you get rid of, if you get rid of EPA. Um, um, children will go on service to education if you get rid of, rid of the Department of Education. Basically, if you start noticing what they do, is they focus on the necessities of life. You need air. So, oh, if you get rid of the EPA, then basically what? They're going to take away your air? If they, if you get rid of the uh, Department of Education, basically then all of our kids are going to be dummies and uneducated. If you get rid of, basically what they've done is consolidated their talking points into agencies. Yeah. So each agency is not focused on okay. a political on a on a specific policy, yet it is rather focused on a specific base of the voting public. Yeah, and so they can at any time, whatever key they need to turn to turn on the useful idiots, they can use through these different agencies. And like I said, that term is their term. It's not my term. Um, they they want to be able to turn on the useful idiots when they need to turn it on. Now, what our personal responsibility is, when we accept those arguments, what we do is we limit the amount of opportunities that are actually available to us. Mm-hmm. If, in, if, if, if there is bad air or bad environmental policy is rampant in your city, then that is a chance for you to start a business to um, improve the air quality of your city. That is a chance for you to start a company, for you to start uh, your business. But yet the government, the federal government, usurps that. They take that opportunity away from you. And it, it goes the same with um, credit, the credit bureau that they just started, um, the Credit Protection Bureau. Okay, now that's taking away all of the small businesses that have already, like, set up their operation to be in assistance to those locally. Now the federal government has usurped that power. The more you give to the federal government, it limits the amount of opportunity that you have in your local community because basically you're just giving away every single asset you have to build wealth. Mm. The way you create it is by finding a need. 
and then going out and fulfilling that need. If the government fulfills every single need, then what does the people do? You know, what opportunity do you have if every single time there's a need, the federal government rushes in to fill it? And then they do a piss-poor job of filling it. Oh, definitely. With the invent of Twitter, with Facebook, and with all the social networking we have, if, if we cut out these agencies and we gave the people who actually live in, actually live in the community the ability to, um, to, to, to do half the things that government shouldn't be doing anyway, like for education. Are you telling me there aren't black school teachers, aren't black school principals, aren't people who can raise money to start charter schools, make them profit-orientated charter schools, where not only are you getting a better, higher-quality education, but there's actually wealth being built by the person who starts that school. These are the things that are taken away from us when we cede most of our power to government. And so you can't complain about it if you don't have grocery stores in your neighborhood. Why don't you have grocery stores? Because you have conceded to your government um, about uh, so many of the regulations where it has to do with food that now most of your local growers aren't even qualified to sell their product in a grocery store. So yet again, you keep limiting yourself about what you can do and what you can accomplish, what kind of business you can have by turning that responsibility over to the federal government. If we could cut them out, it would open up so many new avenues for average people to start and create business on their own. I don't know where we got to go, man, from here. All I know is that I'm tired, Sonny. Man, I'm I'm tired of telling people the same thing. I'm tired of preaching the same message, and I'm tired of not being heard. So it's only it's only one or two things. I'm serious. It's only one or two things I can do, right? Um, I mean, I, you know, I get these stats like once a month or twice a month about the show, and that's good and all. You know that you know, people are logging on and they're listening. You know, 160,000 people have hit us up at one give one point in time. That's cool too. I'm sorry, 165, but um, that's good and all, but. Man, it's something bigger out there, and it's something more. So I can only do one or two things. I could quit and give up, and that ain't never me. <laughs> or I could go harder. So I got to figure out how I can go harder, how we can get the message out there to more people, and how we can personalize the message. How can we personalize this message to people and make them realize that it's up to you? It's on you only. I got I got an idea and I'm going I'm going to be coming out with my book hopefully soon. It's going to be called The Destruction of Liberville. And um what it I'm I I think I've found a way to do it because what liberals do is like I said they try to hook you. They try to hook certain voting blocks and anytime they need to pull that trigger, they pull the trigger. Now what if we had the trigger? This is and this is my thing and and this goes to both conservatives and liberals because neither one of them really want to hear the young black fed up voices that are coming out you know they find some of us to be acceptable but most of us aren't and so we are in this perpetual fight against both sides and that's cool with me I ain't got no problem with fight not at all (laughs) but what they do is 
is they 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 take it and they make you forget every single thing that you've learned in your lifetime. And they want you to focus on the things that other people have learned in their lifetime. And and they do it by saying, well, if you, you know, like the little whooping cough commercial that they have on now <laughs> where they have this baby with this awful cough. And they're yeah. like, if you don't give the EPA more money, then, you know, the babies are going to die. You know, basically, that's like, oh, no, we don't want our babies to die. Really? Is that why we give so much money to Planned Parenthood? Whoa. It's this ultimate level of contradiction that they do not want you to put one and one together. They don't have a mind. They don't have a problem killing the baby in the womb. But don't take the money away from the EPA because they'll die of a cough. Okay? Yeah. This is the contradiction that they're causing us to live with. And it's just now at a point where we, like you said, have to find an alternative way of doing it. And the way that we're going to do it is we're going to have to call out our culture. It has to be a cultural switch. While so many people focus on if we can get this policy, if we can get that policy, policy means nothing without the people. If you don't have the people that are going to vote like you experienced down in North Carolina, if you don't have the people who are going to vote in a mayor that doesn't use the veto pen for um, their political um, leaning, but instead does actually what's best for the state as a whole and then overall nation, then we're not going to get any change if you do not have the people. And the only way we're going to get our people is through cultural change. And that's going to become when we call out these hip-hop artists. We Mm -hmm. call, like, I really want to know, I want to ask 50 Cent, who is your white man? (laughs) You know, if if you want to tell me that that the Democratic (laughs) Party is the party for me, and they're basically telling me that, you know, if they can't take it from a rich white man that I won't have it, then I want to know who's your rich white man. Hook a sister up, you know. Let me get in on the front. But the, the simple fact of the matter is they would be insulted if they were asked that question. Oh, absolutely. And I think that, and I think that, that is the problem. That's the, that's the place that we need to get to, that where we can call them out on a national stage and say, you're getting money, and when, especially with people like 50, you're not only getting rich, you're building wealth. You know, you're not you're not going to be one of those people that we're going to be reading about where is he now, you know, and you're going to be living in a ditch somewhere because you so diversified the money that you have that you're building wealth. You're not just rich. But it's going to come when we can get those people to get out of Liberalville, to stop with their contradictions because if you have been struggling from – from poverty to to a mansion, then do not turn around and tell me to curse the rich. And I think that that is going to be where we see the switch at, is when we can get the cultural change to take effect in the black community. And like I said, I think hip-hop was meant to be our cultural change. It, like you said, when it came out, it was, we want to get out of the hood. We want awful food stamps. We want the two-parent home. We want the um, the white picket fence and the dog, not that it was said in that way. But it was basically we want the security of being able to take care of ourselves. That was initially what hip-hop was about. The reason that the message faded was because we didn't have the historical context of what we were fighting against. 
that what we were fighting against is this liberal progressive mindset that tells us mm-hmm. to live in a world full of contradictions. It's it's crazy, man. It's insane that it's insane that a lot of people don't see that. Like I, I spend a lot of time arguing that with people, and they just don't. I mean, it's people that the liberal way is the way to go, Sonny. No, they see it, but what it is is they don't. Who who in the national limelight can they say I'm this kind of conservative? You know, they don't have a name to match what kind of conservative they are. So they can say I'm a I'm a little Wayne Democrat. Okay, <laughs> because because they they have little Wayne. They can say I'm a Jay Z Democrat. Yeah. Even though Jay Z never officially said he was a Democrat. But what it is is they can um they can see themselves in these parties. They can see themselves in the liberals. They don't see themselves in the conservatives. And and that's the difference is that, like you said, we need to find a way that we can get nationally our message out. And I think that, like I said, I'm going to be doing some things in the next couple of weeks with calling out a couple of these stars and seeing how many I can get to answer the call. And then I'm going to put the rest on blast. And I think that that's where it has to start. It has to start culturally. That we have to be willing to look at ourselves and the things that we are, the brilliance that we have, and respect it. And I think that we don't do that enough, not hardly enough. Oh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of fun. A lot of fun because it's, if you follow these people's tweets, and, and like, one of the yep. ones that I'm following right now that I that I absolutely love following is uh, Jada Kiss and Styles P. I'm a, I'm a big Locks fan from the minute they came out. When everybody else didn't know who they were, I was like, you need to check them out. And if you didn't know, LOCK stands for Learning Off Experience. Experience, that's right. Learning Off Experience, excuse me, is that not just conservative in its name? Its whole <laughs> namesake was conservative. But one of the things that they're always tweeting is about all the hate tweets that they get, people who hate on them and then send them tweets, you know, in the tweet. Like, and they'll, they'll say, why are you following me if you hate me? You know, why, you know, you know, get a life, this kind of thing, that kind of thing. Well, in the same instance, you turn around and tell them to vote for the Democratic Party who says, hate them because they're rich, hate them because they're white, hate them <laughs> because, you know, just hate them because. And then you get all upset when someone shows you some hate. And these are just the basic contradictions. It's, it's one of the things that Frederick Douglass laid out so eloquently in his um, the 4th of July speech is that he says it's, it is time to point out the obvious contradictions. It is time for you to say that either this is right or this is wrong and not to have a middle ground. And, and I think that that's what it is. So many people want that middle ground that said we can compromise no, you can you cannot compromise with someone who wants to rule you. It would be like saying, "Let me compromise with the slave owner." Really? What is your compromise going to be? You can't. You, know, you can't you compromise. Can, like, yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what it is. You can't compromise on things like that. It's but it, it's either it's either freedom or slavery. There is no right. compromise. That's right. And we got, speaking of Frederick Douglass, though, we got Kev back on the line here. Kevin Daniels, president of the North Carolina Frederick Douglass Foundation. 
But um, you, you were saying that's what, Sonny? I'm sorry before I interrupted you. No, I was just saying that that's just where that's just the, that's just the point of where we are right now. Um, we're killing ourselves. I mean, how many times do I, if you want to talk about being sick of saying something, that is the one phrase that I am sick of saying. We are killing ourselves. Okay, we are doing more damage to ourselves than the clan ever could. And if we don't get to the point where we put our own self-worth, our own self-being over the contradictions that we know to be false, we know these things to be false, but yet we will put our own livelihoods as a black community at stake to follow these falsehoods. No and one it, wants it, to hear it, that it, part. We want to put, no one want to hear that, though, Sonny. Like, they don't, nobody wants to hear... Let me let me excuse my language. I don't care what you want to hear. I don't give a damn what you want to hear no more. Okay? It's not about, this is not lollipop fairyland where you only get what you want. You know, have, how many times we have to learn that lesson that it is not about getting what you want. It's about taking the circumstances that you have and making them work. Yeah, but I want to, I want to, I want to listen to Lil Wayne new mixtape or, I don't want to okay. hear that. I want to listen. Listen to Little Wayne where he talks about how many bottles he's popping because somebody else is paying for it. Exactly, man. Okay, listen to Little Wayne. If you're gonna listen to Little Wayne, don't just listen to him say I'm a Democrat. Listen to him when he raps what he said. Listen to him how he said, "Mama need a house and baby needs some shoes, so I'm going to do my hustle." Okay, no, if you I'm a liberal. Want to I got listen. something to say, man. You you what now? You a liberal? You got something to say? No, I'm a liberal. I got say, something sir? to say, man. That's cool. We you know we respect everybody's opinion, man. What what you, what you have to say, sir? Look, man. Y'all y'all can talk about liberals all y'all want, man. But 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 this is the truth. The liberals are in the community. They might be. We might be messing it up. But we are we are in the community working. But and we are passing on our liberal values. Where, where are y'all working? Why aren't, the, why, why aren't the conservatives doing that? Where, where are you guys working, um, liberals? Where are you, where are you y'all, working at? The, the, the NAACP, the Urban League, uh, the Black Chamber of Commerce, even though we might be business, uh, but, uh, businessmen and women, where we have, um, we, we, we give in to that liberal agenda. And we're in the, we're in the communities. I don't see the conservatives there, though. Hmm. Mm, really? Well, like I said, it comes to a point where self responsibility has to be put into play. And but let me let me go here. Let me go here. Let me say this one. All right, black community, you're waiting to be saved. Okay, if you think that because of, because conservatives aren't in the black community. That you can that you should just accept things as the way that they are, that makes you the fool, not the conservative. Because they will be in their houses where they're stockpiling food and they're um clearing up their debt to make sure they have excess funds if something does happen, they're preparing themselves. If you continue to follow in the liberals just because you have no one else to follow, if you can't decide within yourself to become the leader that you know that your community needs, 
then you will perish. No one is coming to save you. The liberals will not save you. The conservatives will not save you. The only person with the ability to save you is yourself. So you need to get down on your knees and pray for the strength to do it. <laughs> well, look, this is what this is what we're doing as as liberals. That word you just said that word slave, right? Put a put a L in between the S and the A. Uh huh. What you got? Take that word save, right? Put an L in after the S and before the A. What you got? What you mean, slave? Yeah, that's what we're doing, liberals. <laughs> we're, 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 we're not trying to save people. We're turning people into slaves. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? Sure. That, no, but as honestly as, uh, as, honestly as that sounds, is the, 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 truth part, um, the truth of the matter is a liberal can't turn you into a slave. You can only willingly accept it. And, and back at the plantation, you could be forced to be a slave. You could be whipped and you could be beaten into slavery. And this point of time, you can't. This point of time, you choose to be a slave. At this point of can, time, you, you make the conscious decision that you want someone else to rule over you because you are incapable of ruling over yourself. This is not a pity see, party what here. And what this happens, is not a pity what party here. And let, me, and let me show you how, how, how effective we are at that. You know, we're making people, you know, we're, we're making people believe that they have a, that, 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 um, that there is no option because what we're doing yeah. is we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't affect the individual. Yes. We know that everybody has, they can make their own choice, but we don't touch the individual. We affect everything around that individual where they have no other option. But to come to yeah, us. Oh, no, what you do is what you do is you get them to try to value their trap. You want them to value their trap. You want them to think that their block is all there is. But let me tell you how. Yet again, you liberals are are being defeated because even blacks are learning to vote with their feet. That's what this country is about. Is that if you do not like the policies in one state, you move to another. Is there any wonder where there is a massive black exodus from California? from Illinois, from New York. These are all liberal progressive states where blacks are leaving in droves to guess what? Head back south. Now, you remember, the south is supposed to be the beacon of racism. Why are all the blacks heading south? Why are they coming back home? Why are they coming back to their roots if the south is the beacon of racism? Wow. Because it's not. It is is the beacon of conservatism. It is the place where limited government is found, and there is no wonder whether it is also the place where there are more job opportunities. Yeah, that seems so. I mean, it's obvious. They're learning to vote with their feet. They're not valuing their trap like they used to. They are now searching out and looking for opportunity. They're doing it with their feet. Pardon me one second. I'm not, I'm not going back to a commercial. Pardon me one second, Cam. Hold that Frederick Douglass quote because I do want to hear it. 619-638-8559 is the number. We're not going to another commercial. WMMG, home of the KRP radio show. Um, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One of 100, one out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, they can help you. The Autism Society of North Carolina, 800-442-2762, www.autismsociety-nc.com. 
dot org. Um, got to give a shout out to Victorious Films, C4CG. I'm sorry, C4GC holding it down in Greensboro, North Carolina. Also giving a shout out to the Frederick Douglass Foundation of the of North Carolina and of the nation, and a special shout out to Frederick Douglass Foundation New York. Aisha, we see you. Um, Kingdom Work, shout out to Kingdom Work doing big things over there. They are having on uh, September the 9th. Make sure you tell a friend and go get that all white and meet them at the spot. 910 Tarbert Street, Wilson, North Carolina. Tickets are $10, folks. Tickets are $10. It's a ticket-only event, 21 and older. This is an event for the grown and godly. Y'all got that? The grown and godly. Live entertainment and more. They'll see you there for tickets. 919-235-7361-252-266-1668. This is a ticket only affair for the grown and godly. Church folks, get your party on. That's what they're saying. So shout out to my people over there at Kingdom Work making that happen. And uh, another shout out to Taheen Commodore, comedian who's going to be joining us on uh, some somewhat a weekly segment of the KRP radio show, WMMG, The Corner Magazine, and Gas Ministries. Gas Ministries, folks. Gas stands for God's Angel for Single Parents. Look them up. Gasministries.org. Okay, Kevin, I'm sorry, man. You're back with KRP Radio Show. It's P. It's my birthday, so I get to interrupt folks. You know what I'm saying? Don't go to no commercial because I got it like that right now, baby. Yeah, yeah. Let me get that Frederick Douglass quote from you, man, because I need those. Frederick Douglass said, and this is a playoff what Sonny was talking about, how people are voting with their feet. Yeah. Frederick Douglass said, I prayed for 20 years, but nothing happened until I prayed with my legs. Whoa. Which means, and then there's another scripture that goes along with that from the Bible. Whoa. It says, faith without it says, faith without works is dead. It's dead. We can believe, we can talk all we want, but until we put action behind our words, that's when things are going to change. And just like Sonny was talking about, people are beginning to vote with their feet. They're starting to relocate down south. And listen, y'all, I'm a Yankee, but I'm down here in the dirty. I'm home. Yeah. This is where my family's from. I'm, I'm, I'm home. I didn't realize that when I moved to North Carolina, I moved into the same town that my grandmother's parents were from. So I didn't know that I was coming home. And, and until I moved down here, and I found that out. But it wasn't anyway, a mistake. It wasn't a mistake, brother. Trust me. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> home. We know that. You know, you know. I'm sorry. You, you know something interesting though, man. That that I find that you know God will put you in. And in in, we're gonna go to church for a minute, man. If you don't like it, log off. Hang up. Somebody gonna listen. God will put you in the space to either do better or call on Him. Do better on your own. Or get so bad that you have to call on him for help. And it happens very often to us pig-headed people. But it's it's something else that God shuns upon. The sluggard, the lazy, and, and it, it's serious. I mean, if you go to Proverbs, you'll read about the sluggard. It's, tell, it, it's telling you specifically not to be lazy. So that goes with the Fresh Douglas quote. And and to sluggard. <laughs> I mean, that's, it, the, it, that's the quote of Proverbs. He said, look to the ant, you sluggard. It's it's plainly put, man, that you gotta you gotta do for yourself. It's plainly put that anything somebody give you, man, there's no value in that anyway. I mean, you might appreciate it. You might be like, all right, cool, I like this, and man, you know, thank you. But it's 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 just not it's not that feeling until you do it yourself, man. Until you provide for and yourself. No, and that's what's missing. That's what's missing in our community. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that we can do for ourselves. I mean, if like if they actually they will put out like if if you cut down the food like food stamps, 
Like all black people will um, die tomorrow. Word, I hate I'm that like, too. I'm like, serious. Is it is it your expectation that black people in America are incapable of feeding themselves? Is Son, that like we the to, message? You, you got to sit there and debate with people. You know, I have to sit here and debate with people while I'm trying to tell them being dependent on the government for one anything for your livelihood is a negative. But I got to sit there and debate with people. They're telling me I don't care about poor people. I'm like, I care about poor people. That's why I'm telling you to get off somebody else's tit. Because what happens when that milk runs out and you can't suck anymore from that tit? What happens then? And you don't know how to go get it from anywhere else. You're going to die. You're going to die or be killed. You have played your part as a useful idiot. And I, I will keep saying that term because that is their term. That is that is what they see you as. They see you as a useful idiot to be played and controlled at their will, at their beck and call, and at, 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 at their political needs. That's what they see you as. And it will continue to be that way as long as we think that we deserve something for free. This whole thing, if you've never been a slave, if you've never been on a plantation, slaves are not alive today as as a sense it was the black slave that was in America. They are not alive today. Why do you think you deserve anything off the work that they've done? And if you think that you can deserve and get from off of the work that they've done, don't be surprised when you find yourself right back where they were because that's the road that we're heading to. We're heading down the road to serfdom where they, even though they do not control you with change, you are controlled nonetheless. Every single American right now owes $46,000 in debt. (laughs) (laughs) Your portion of the national debt is forty. $6,000 just to be born in America, just to be an American citizen. That is your portion of the debt. Now tell me that you've gotten $46,000 worth of food stamps. (laughs) Tell me that you've gotten $46,000 worth of Section 8. You think that you're not paying for it. You're going to pay for it. Whether you're going to pay for it in the, in the crappy education your children get, whether you're going to pay for it in the city, in the, in the crappy city in which you live in, the crappy housing complex in which you live in, you are paying for it. Why, and why if you do not poor? understand that, then you will constantly be taken for a ride. If, if, liberal, if, if liberal agenda is so effective, why are the the poorest cities run by liberals. All of them. All of them All, are run by liberals. And not, only, and not only are they the poorest cities, but they're also highest dropout rates. They're also highest incarceration rates. They're also highest abortion rates. They're also highest murder rates, highest uh, uh, drug usage and um, and being hooked on drug dependency. These are all because... If, if you want to know why drugs are so heavy in, in liberal and progressive areas, it is because they need you to be numb. <laughs> they need you to be numb. Okay? And, and this goes to all my weed smokers out there. Oh, man. They need you to be numb. Okay? <laughs> they need you to not, they need you to look and see something messed up in the news and go and roll up. 
because <laughs> you don't want to think about it. Wow. And then they want you to, you go off, you get into your own world, and, and you forget that they're royally screwing you. And that's like part of what the that movie. Yeah, I watched the Dave Chappelle thing, and I was tripping off of it the other day because, you know, he had the little Real World episode on there where the little white boy went in, and he was like, "Um, if you ever pass out, um, it has a real bad effect on your bottom, you know, because (laughs) while he was passed out, you know, they went and took advantage of him. That's what they're doing. They, They have you passed out. And they're raping you while you're sleeping. But but you and know, let me. A, in that sorry, same aspect, then they turn around and criminalize you for numbing yourself. Well, let me let me ask y'all this though. Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine is the number. We got about nine minutes, man. Somebody call in if you want to comment. We do have one call. I need to check with just a second. But first, um, one of our sponsors for this last segment, the community back to school kickoff, man. FDF. KRP and FND, we are we are donating bottled water. That's right, we're donating bottled water to this public kickball event. And um, I know I didn't talk it over with you guys, but damn it, we're gonna do it. Community back to school kickoff. Become a sponsor for this event if you like the back to school kickoff. If they're gonna they're gonna provide free food, games, and supplies for up to 400 kids. It's gonna be August the 21st to August the 21st. 2 p.m. through 7 p.m. at Nocho Park, 1010 Duke Street, Greensboro, North Carolina. All kids are invited. Please feel free to inform others about this community event. It's sponsored by Rashad and Contessa. And uh, I forgot the name of the barbershop. I apologize. I'll get you next week. But listen, this is a crazy event. It's a beautiful event. They're going to donate school supplies to some kids who may not have it, book bags. I don't know if you guys heard last week, but I challenged all of Guilford County political groups Knowing that, you know, they listen to the show in large part, I challenged all of them and said, listen, we're going to donate book bags. You can get a book bag for five bucks. Uh, one of the, my wife said, I think one of the, the, the drugstores is doing two for ten or something like that. We're going to donate book bags, by God. And if you guys want to get in the community and people are serious about actually getting out there doing things, here's your chance to get out there and play some kickball and mingle with some of these parents and some of these kids and some other groups. I'll have a table set up there. I hope I see you guys out there because I'm going to be out there in some basketball shorts and I want to play kickball shoot. I ain't played kickball in in a long time, yeah. man. You know C4, what I mean? C4, C4, C4GC, they they in. Um, yeah. I talked to them. I talked to them on um, yesterday. They're just trying to figure out what they're going to get, but they they going to get something. They in. Oh, by the way, I meant to give a shout out to um to uh from the C4GC. They're uh, Jody Jody Riddleberger actually hit me up, and, uh, you know, all praises due to Jody, all praises due to Joanne. You guys are doing some great things, the conservative women's, women's group of Gifford County. Listen, man, folks are moving. Everybody's trying to help, trying to do some wonderful things. So let me let me grab this caller real quick. Well, the caller hung up, so I guess they didn't want to talk. But anyway, I'm rocking with y'all. Let me ask y'all this right here, right? If you could change, okay, well, not if you could change. Tomorrow, if you had to change, one thing, one thing. Now you give, given the power to change one thing about American American uh, politics. What would that one thing be? I would abolish the Department of Education. 
abolish the Department of Education. If I had one thing to do tomorrow, demolish the Department of Education. And this is my reasoning behind me. All right. There was never a reason, there was never a problem with God being in the church. I mean, being in the school. There was never a problem with God being in the school. For almost a century, our school children basically learned to read from the Bible. Okay, those were the most important stories that were told because not only were they stories, but they were principles. They they were ideas that you could live by, that you could build a future off. The only reason they were allowed to take God out of the school is because the federal government took it over. Mm. While the federal government cannot establish a religion, state governments can. So as long as the state governments control the school system, God is allowed in the school. As long as the federal government controls the school system, that's where the ACLU has the ability to come in and sue any school district that that allows uh, prayer in their class or a Bible in their class or any any type of religious material that isn't Islamic because you know they love the Islamic um, teachings in the school but not Christianity. But the the whole basis is that once it becomes federalized, once you give the federal government that ability, then the, that's what gives the ACLU the teeth to come in and sue all these school districts. This is what gives you the ability to take God away from our schools. And look at what happened to our school system. When you don't teach principle, you don't teach teach faith, and you don't teach personal responsibility. So if there was one thing that I can do, first thing I would do is is abolish the Department of Education. Kevin, uh, what what do you you think? Article 9, let me add this real quick, because she said something about the state, and and that's right, because Article 9 of the North Carolina State Constitution Mm. says, says this. It says, in the public school system, we're supposed to teach religion, morality, and then knowledge in that particular order. Religion, morality, and then knowledge. They got rid of the first two. Wow. Yes. They're just teaching knowledge. And, and that says that. In and they can only do the that because Carolina. they federalize it. Wow, we. Yeah. But uh to be to be honest with you, um I mean I know there's a lot to change and There's a lot. To be honest with you, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. I would leave it the way it is. And the reason why I would leave it the way it is is because the problem that we have, I don't it is it, you know politics plays a big part of it, but I have to put a lot of it on the people and and and, well, and you know mainly the church. And because it's a lot of these things that are happening where's the body of Christ? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, Uh-oh. it talks about it talks about we will come a time. Paul was Paul was telling Timothy that it's going to come a time where people will give over to seducing spirits, and that they will not they they will they will turn away from sound doctrine. The Bible's been the same, has not changed. <clears throat> people that have changed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 us who who are taking. You know, it's it's not about the will of God. We live in it. it it's the will of self. We're our own God. That 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 uh, what 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 Sonny was talking about with the ACLU. And when you talk about communism, um, the, the 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 guy who started the ACLU, his main purpose was to get communism in here. And sure. we all know what communism is. Karl Marx said it. He said his, his he said his purpose is is to 
to dethrone God and to destroy capitalism. So the dethroning God, what, what Sonny was just talking about with the, the Department of Education, and also um, getting rid of um, capitalism, bringing in socialism, and 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 uh, then eventually, which will lead to communism. Sure. But if I had to pick one, probably it will probably be get rid of the Fed, because the Fed is 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 dealing with the 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 monetary the money. Um, so when you look at capitalism, you destroy capitalism, which the Federal Reserve is already doing that because they're not regulated by the government; they're standalone institution, and they can basically do whatever they want. This Ben Bernanke character, um, yeah, Henry Paulson. Timothy Geithner, um, um, Alan Greenspan. Loose you know, cannons. What, what a lot of people, what a lot of people don't look at is when, when, the, when, the, um, when we went into the recession, it was it was a snowball effect because back in 1998, when 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 they they repealed the Glass Steagall Act um, of of 1930, this was put in place in 1930. They repealed yeah. it in, in 1998. Bill Clinton signed it, but it was Alan Greenspan, Timothy Geithner, and and um, and, and Larry Summers. Who Larry Summers and, and Geithner just left the Obama administration. Well, Geithner's still there, but they were both in the Obama administration. These two out of the three people were involved with repealing the Glass Steagall Act of 1930, which allowed Wall Street to deal with the um, with the with the local banks. And and once they got involved, they took over. Now you see what happens. So the Fed is unregulated, and they can do whatever they want. With with, with what Ben Bernanke is doing. With these interest rates and, and uh, quantitative easing, that QE one and yep. QE two, you know, yep. that's the Fed doing that. And and yeah. and President Obama, Congress can't go in there and tell them nothing because y'all don't run. The, they don't run the Fed. Nah, not so at if, all. If that's <laughs> if that's something because you know, and then there's a there's a theme throughout the Bible, not only dealing with moral issues. When you look at the downfall of a, of a kingdom in the Bible, most of the time, if not all the time, is centered around morality, but the other thing, well, you know, homosexuality and 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 and, and fornication, so on and so forth, that immor- uh, uh, immorality that the Bible talks about. But another common thing that it talks about is being a good steward over stuff. It talks about money. Money is the reason why you know Judas sold out Jesus. So when you look at the Federal Reserve and and how money was de- dealt with back then, the most despised person in the Bible was a tax collector. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's so, a fact. So, so when you look at the Fed and and um, so yeah, so I'm I'm long, I'm long with it. I could keep going, but the Fed. If I had to pick one, I would say the Fed. Well, listen, I have to I have to end the show for the online listeners. We can keep going for bonus footage, folks, all night long with just us three, if you guys like. But for the online listeners, I appreciate you guys rocking with me on my birthday. Appreciate you guys rocking on the show. And uh, you know what? It's been a beautiful show, man. KRP Radio Show next week. I want you guys to tune in because I'm going to have another special guest for you, Lenny McAllister, Chicago, CNN, holding it down. Bring a Lenny McAllister on the show. We got some things to talk about, man, because there's, there's, there's been quite a few things that's been going on over there in Chi-Town, and we're going to talk about it. Find my Facebook, find my Twitter. I'm going to have some of those things that Lenny's been going through and things that he's been talking about through the week on the Facebook and the Twitter. So we're going to chop it up and we're going to talk about it so you guys can know what's going on in other places in the world other than your community. You guys want to keep going or you just want to shout your shots out and we go? That's, I shout out to P. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. You <laughs> sunk it anyway, see? I like that. Yay! At the end. You know, at the end. <laughs> you tell, you tell, 
see you telling people about the birthday presents you got yourself, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, my wife helped me out too, but you know, I, I got a bike, son. I had it. <laughs> got a little bit of speed in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your wife better than me because I'd have been like, oh, no. I told, <laughs> she said I told, no, but. I told, I told <laughs> mine he better have a life insurance policy before he even think about it. Hey, look, Sonny, she said no, but she just didn't know she helped me. <laughs> oh, okay. Look, I'm, I'm on the whole life insurance policy <laughs> kick on that one, dude. If you want a motorcycle, then, then you go and um give me a nice little Million-dollar life insurance policy. Yeah, I million dollars. Million-dollar life insurance policy because, you know, I, I got, we got cars for a reason. You know? Yo, y'all B.I.G. in my book, man. All the listeners out there, everybody's B.I.G. Kev, you got any shout-outs? Um, shout-out to y'all. Shout-out to FDF. Shout-out to my wife who's, who's, who's uh, taking the test right now. I'm a little loud in the, in, in the house, but she's good. She's back there taking a test, so shout-out to my wife, LaVonda. Cool. Good luck on that test, too. Shout-out to everybody out there. Y'all guys, B.I.G. in my book. Thanks for rocking with your boy, P. This is how we do it, man. Every Sunday, same time, same place. We don't stop, man. We keep it going and going and going and going and going until it's over. You know what I'm saying? The show's actually over, and we still going. That's 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 how gangster we are. <laughs> hey, hey, Lib- Libu- hey if, if the people still on air, man, I forgot the uh, uh, Liberalville Monday. Y'all get on Twitter. And, Lib- oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah. Liberalville Monday. Yes. I mentioned that earlier, yes, but Liberalville. Yes. Go ahead, Sonny. I'm sorry. Oh, definitely. I got, I, got, I, got some, I got some good ones for y'all. I didn't say off. I've been. I had to go through my social networking detox this weekend, so <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been on Facebook or Twitter um, for the majority of the weekend. But I will be back tomorrow for Liberalville Monday. Come out with your best contradictions. Hashtag Liberal March, um, Liberalville. Hashtag Liberalville. And let's see what we can rock with. What is your favorite um, contradiction in Liberalville? Let us know. Liberville, pound sign Liberville. Facebook, hit us up. KRB Radio Show. It's Facebook.com slash KRB Radio Show. Twitter at symbol NC Pudgy. At symbol KRB Radio Show. At symbol Sonny Johnson. At symbol Kevin Daniels 5. That's how we rocking, man. Y'all make sure y'all hit us up. And don't forget when you say something slick about the liberals, pound sign FND. That's full Negro dialect and that's us three. I'm out of here. Same time, same place. Make sure you guys catch me next week and that's how we gonna do it. We do it live. One love.
your hand. 